big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Let's get our Friday headlines. Good morning, Sandy. Happy Friday. Good morning. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? We are good. What's up? All right. So uh, just a couple headlines for you this morning, including the fact that there uh, was an arrest made uh, in relation to yesterday morning's road fatality. Wow. So, yes, apparently somebody else was in the car and he was actually driving. And he has now been arrested. Oh. And, so the person uh, driving has been arrested. And the person. Yes. Deceased was. Deceased was a passenger. passenger. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Um, so, so the. Here police, we go again with, uh, you know, yeah. what, what's the penalty going to be for, you know, reckless homicide? Yeah. 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 Pretty sad. Or, or reckless driving resulting in a wow. fatality. So he has been released on bail as investigations um, continue. But the most interesting part about this is I don't know if you guys saw there was actually some footage of the scene and the person who was taking the footage who was there like right as it happened okay. said that the friend who was driving was trying to leave the scene of the accident and leave his friend who was wow. either already deceased or dying in the back seat and they had to tell him you can't leave. Seriously. No way. Yep. So the arrest was for what exactly? The police didn't exactly say what they've arrested him on suspicion of. Um, So we don't know if it's uh, DUI. Mm. They just said that he has been um, arrested and he's on bail as investigations continue. So why don't we know what that charge is? I mean, it's public. It's public knowledge. Yeah, I think it's just bad police writing. Okay. I can be honest. Um, So So I I, I was by that uh, rec site yesterday. Mm-hmm. After the road reopened and you can see, uh, you know, as we were talking about yesterday, it's right at the curve. So mm-hmm. he looks like it was probably a factor right mm-hmm. at the turn and right before the wreck site, there's, uh, you know, there's some last minute skid marks and you could see that like the car had spun out of control into the fence mm-hmm. and at that where the fence is all mangled right on the other side of that is a giant container that they slammed into wow. which was would have been a very abrupt stop for anyone yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. wow wow pretty crazy mm-hmm. um so we actually spoke to the family members of um the deceased man he had just arrived on island had not been here a complete week as yet Oh, you're kidding me. No. Today would have been a week. And ironically, he was actually supposed to come today um, for some construction work that he was going to be doing, but he decided to come a little bit early. So who was he with then? Was he, did he just friend somebody? Yeah, somebody that he knew. um, And he was, yeah, he's got three kids in Jamaica, another one on the way. Oh, man. Wow. 39 years old. Um. And do we know who the driver was? Did they name the driver? Or no, this- the police never named the driver. But I, I think I've seen something kind of circulating around him. But I'll, I'll firm up some details a bit later on this afternoon. Mm. But the cousin of the deceased, I spoke to her yesterday. Um, she's in Jamaica. And she said that his friends had actually, or a friend had told her that the deceased was the one who was driving. So it looks like a little bit of a cover up is like underway. Wow. So I told her, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Stay tuned. Um, so yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, the family must know who he was with then. 
They not really. They don't. Okay. They don't really seem to know who these people are. Um, but more details. More details will definitely emerge. I think over the next well uh, couple days into Monday for sure. That's sad. You hope you know. You kind of yeah. think come come here to the island. You're new. You go out partying yeah. and uh, uh, so sad. So um, this morning in the East End, there is an incident that's happening. We are not quite sure the details of it, but we do know that scenes of crime are on location at an address off of, um, oh, what's the street called again? Off of uh, Welcome Way. It's called Fiddler's Way in East End. So they seem to be um, doing some sort of serious investigation. So as we know more details, we will certainly update our social media and our website. Sounds good. Stay tuned for that. Two men have been arrested in relation to um, theft incidents, say the RCIPS, a 46-year-old man from West Bay was entering a private residence and attempting to open a vehicle door. Um, he was arrested and um, on suspicion of criminal trespass and attempted theft. And he remains in police custody as those investigations continue. And then on um, the 23rd, officers arrested a 29-year-old man in Georgetown on suspicion of going equipped to steal and drug offenses. And he was bailed as those investigations continue. So they say that they are conducting targeted proactive patrols in key areas in response to the uh, recent increase um, in reports of thefts from vehicles in order to deter such activities and apprehend those um, responsible. The good thing is a lot of uh, times CCTV or, or, you know, your ring cameras and stuff are actually catching these people. So make sure that you're checking your ring cameras um, during the evening if you're, you know, uh, if you're getting little notifications, check, quick, have a quick peruse of that and then hand that over to your stratas, the police, you know, make it a real community effort is what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are some of your news headlines this morning. And big congratulations to all of uh, the folks there from India. India has landed a spacecraft near the moon's South Pole. It has become the first country to land a, sp- a spacecraft in that specific area. On Wednesday, this was done. And I think they're only like the fourth country to actually land on the moon. So that they follow the Soviet Union, the United States, and China. So congratulations to India. Yeah, get in line 50 years late. (laughs) We did it back in the 60s. 1969, all right? We left the bags too. That's right. (laughs) Come on. Welcome to the party. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. We'll see you Monday. All righty, bye-bye. Never late, better late than never, honey. Chill, better late than never. Good morning, everybody. Let's go ahead and get uh, get started here. We've got about 37 seconds before we go live. Ponder radio. Oh, yeah, everybody, good. All right, let me just grab my Facebook link and then I'm going to send this out to everyone in my what's up group. What's up? Okay. 15 seconds, beautiful folks. Friday, Friday vibes. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. It's like the spacecraft. 4, 3, 2, 1. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs.
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. Good morning, folks. Happy, happy Friday. How is everyone doing this beautiful uh, Monday? Monday. (laughs) I need chill. What a mess. Not Monday. Friday morning. Hello. How is everyone? Yes, I need chill. I'm busy trying to get y'all some sus. So stay tuned. Happy, happy Friday. Um, Something's going on in East End. Not quite sure yet exactly what it is. Um, From early this morning, the helicopter was up, scenes of crime, people on location. So we are trying to um, ascertain and get some further details to update you, the public on Wagwan. So um, please stay tuned for that. I'm just sending out the links to everybody in WhatsApp. So don't forget, we have several um, WhatsApp notification lists. They get everything that's happening on social media, the website, some exclusive content. Like sometimes we'll send out a little tip like, hey, you know, big uh, police presence heading in this direction. And we don't necessarily post that anywhere else. So if you'd like to join the um, the WhatsApp list, um, just shoot me a quick message and I'll be happy to add you to it. Obviously, we need your name to be able to save and add you to that list. So to clarify what it is, it's a um, list and not a group. So what's the difference? With WhatsApp groups, you see other people in the group and you you know see uh, the conversations back and forth. With a notification list, there is a big distinction. Um, <clears throat> you actually don't know who's in it and I'm the only person who knows who's, who's in it. And then I send out the notifications to everyone. And if you respond to the notification that you receive, the response comes directly to me. So it's like a private response and that nobody else uh, sees that. So just in case any chill, you wanted to, um, you know, have any, uh, or you had any questions about that, just wanted to make sure that you understood exactly how it worked. So, yeah. All right, so yes, congratulations um, to, I saying congratulations, say what? No, honey child, that's not what we're going to say. All right, so good morning um, to everyone. We are going to definitely kick off the program here this morning. So I want to share something with you guys. Um, 
you know, here on this program, I try to be as um, transparent as I can. You know, we're here sharing um, our lives with each other. You know, we get to know each other up to a point. I mean, it's not like we're going to be BFFs here. Um, but, you know, I, I get a sense of, um, you know, who some of you are, where you stand on different topics, um, a feel for your personality. And, um, you know, I think that you guys get a little bit of a sense as well of, um, you know, who I am and, and, you know, what I'm up to sort of thing. And so I do like to um, share um let me just message Alexa here. I do like to share. Mm-hmm. I do like to share, you know, things that are happening with me because I think that's that part of, you know, what we're doing here. I don't share everything. So I know some people are like, oh my God, we know everything about Sandy. No, not really. Um, my husband thinks that I overshare. Mm, entirely possible. Who knows? Um, but, you know. I, I like to think that we're at the point where we can be very, very frank with each other and we can have a lot of open um, discussions about different things. And so, of course, when something is going on with me, there are times I might actually wait and um, until I have more information until, or even until I've like processed it because sometimes it's something like a little bit stressful and I'm not really... Um, ready to talk about it yet. So sometimes I'll just kind of wait, uh, get more information about what's going on with me and then I'll share it. So there is something that I want to share with you guys this morning. That's actually, um, it's health related and, um, it's, um, pretty big information on the one hand. So I got a phone call last night from the doctor. I'll tell you about that in just a second, because we can do this in sort of chronological order. Right. So, I may have mentioned to you guys, I'm not a thousand percent sure that I have a sister who um, had breast cancer, right? And um, I also have a, um, my mom has also, although she was in her eighties, she has also been diagnosed with breast cancer. So my sister was diagnosed pretty young. A lot of you might know Anne Rocket. Um, She is a half sibling, but when it comes to breast cancer, where it matters is on your uh, mother's side of the family. So if you have any primary relative, um, whether it's a sister, half sister, whatever, on your mom's side and aunts and moms and that sort of thing that have a history um, of breast cancer or that have had breast cancer, it automatically increases your risk. I don't know how much or what the percentage is, but I do know that it increases your risk. Oh, good grief. Who's calling me this morning? Let's just have a quick... Good morning. We're live and on air. Are you trying to be live and on air? Okay, no problem. Okay, there. All right. So, um, so yes. So you know, it's um, it's one of those things that it's such an ironic situation because when I was in my, it would have been early 20s because I was still a student at USF. So I can't remember exactly what year it was, but maybe I was like a junior 
um, in college. I can't exactly remember. It wasn't early, early on. So I know I wasn't a freshman, but maybe I was like a junior or senior in college. Um, I had an instance of um, a lump being found in one of my breasts. I think it was the left breast. Uh, so anyway, I contacted, um, and, and it, this was actually discovered through a regular um, exam with my physician. So, you know, I've always believed that, you know, you've got to do your part to try to maintain your own health. You've got to have regular checkups. Um, mm -hmm. Relatively throughout my life, I've been more or less healthy, like nothing kind of major going on. But, you know, you've got to go, like I always say, know your numbers, go get your test done. So I understood this from a very early age. So even when I was in university, I was going and getting, um, you know, um, checks done. I remember the first time I had my cholesterol checked way back when, oh, God, it was so low. They're like, oh, you're in great health. I'm like, oh, that's good to know, at least cholesterol-wise. Um, you know, having your blood sugar checked, like these things are really, really important. So... I was having my annual pap smear, you know, do those every single year. And I remember the doctor um, doing the breast exam and finding something. He's like, hmm, what's this? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. You tell me, what is it? And he's like, mm, we feel a lump here and it's kind of a sizable lump. So we don't like that. Uh, we'll have to do some further explorations. Of course, they'll, they'll do a, a mammogram. I cannot recall if back then they would have done an ultrasound, but I kind of think maybe they did do an ultrasound. I really can't remember. And they said, okay, whatever this is, it's a solid mass and it's actually, um, you know, the size of a golf ball. And that was what was most concerning for them was the size of it. They're like, this is pretty big, whatever the heck this is. And so um, they said, this is not something, because sometimes depending on what it is, they can do a needle biopsy and they can, you know, whatever. But this was a solid mass. They're like, mm, we can't really do a needle biopsy on this. We're going to have to surgically remove this and then we'll send it off <clears throat> for testing. So they said to me, do you have a history of breast cancer in your family? And of course, I have no clue, right? Because again, I left Cayman when I was very, very young. I don't have, um, you know, this information. And this is why you got to talk to people, you know, do the genetic testing folks, know who your family members are, and actually talk to people about what happens in your family. Because some health issues, including some cancers, do have a familial connection and they can run in families. So the more you know about your family history, the more that you can do to um, protect yourself, to take preventative measures, to really, you know, amp up taking care of your health even more. So I didn't know. And I remember making a phone call to one of my sisters. Um, I think it was, um, I don't I necessarily want to call her name, but it was, I think I was trying to reach the eldest sister, which would have been the one who was diagnosed with breast cancer, but I didn't know it. So I called another sister and she's like, oh, you should speak with her because she's having something going on right now. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, okay. What's this all about? So I called her and she actually told me that she had just recently found out that she had tested um, positive for um, breast cancer. I can't remember how old she would have been, but given that I was like in my twenties, I want to say she was probably late thirties, 
at the most early 40s, but I don't even think that old, right? So she was pretty young. And I remember thinking, ooh, this is not a good sign at all to have a sibling, a sister in particular, who, um, again, on the mother's side of the family, who actually has been diagnosed with breast cancer so young. Um, she was a real trooper. She, you know, did her treatment, went through everything. That's her story. She was in remission, I know, for like at least 10 years. Um, so I ended up having the lump removed and they biopsied it and it was not cancerous. What it was is something called like fibrocystic breast tissue. It's like a fibre, like women can have what they call fibrocystic breasts. So I was like, okay, whew, relief. But now I know because, you know, I've had a sister who's had it and, you know, I had this kind of situation. Now they say that having fibrocystic breast does not increase your chances of getting breast cancer, but I knew that I needed to start um, doing my testing earlier than the general population. So, um, you know, I uh, started testing maybe 30, 35, but I started testing early. And so every year I try to get in there. I try to do it my birthday months. I remember to get it done, my mammogram. And this is really, really important. So of course, last year, you guys remember in August, I went to um, Health City and um, I did a full executive checkup. And my executive checkup included, uh, they have different things that you can add on. So they've got like the heart health stuff, and then men can do like a men's package where they do like your prostate and other stuff specific to men. And then women can do, um, uh, you know, the woman's package, which includes your mammogram. You get a, a consultation with the um, OBGYN, Dr. Pooja, and you also do pap smear. And what else do you do for the women? So anyway, you do a couple of things. Mm -hmm. So last year, my pap smear result came back that um, it came up with something that needed to be retested. So there, there are protocols, folks. When something comes back, it's not always that, okay, they know exactly what this is. A lot of times you're like, okay, we need to do this other further testing to try to narrow down what's going, going on here. So with the pap smear, I did do another test last year. I forget what it's called now, where basically they go and they scrape the cervix and they send that sample off. Um, they take samples from like different areas including an area that like is of concern. And then they send that off for further testing. And it came back saying that it was fine. But every year now I've got to be really, really, really vigilant, which I've always been vigilant about doing my pap smears. And the protocol is if it comes back again with something, they do that same exploratory test again. And that's just how it goes, right? So women, you know, make sure that you're getting these things done. It's very, very important. Um, early detection with anything is is critical. So um, so this year I went in. I don't have to do the entire um, executive health check at this point, uh, but you know they said okay, you, you definitely got to do your pap smear. So let's do your pap smear, do your mammogram. And so when they did the mammogram, the mammogram results came back having picked up something on my left breast, like in the nipple region. So, of course, um, Dr. Pooja explained to me that, you know, this could be nothing. We don't know. Um, but something is there. But we need to figure out what this is. And the fact that it wasn't there last year on your mammogram is 
really what we find concerning because your breasts go through just like the rest of your body, different changes. And sometimes, you know, with a woman's cycle, there's like lumpiness, there's sensitivity, there's all sorts of stuff. And they kind of, that's why they want to get like a baseline mammogram so they can have an idea of, of what your breasts have been up to and, you know, compare it from year to year in terms of what's going on. So we did a follow-up pretty quickly um, with a um, the sonogram. And of course, you know, any woman that hears anything is potentially her breast gets really, really worried uh, because your mind always thinks, oh my God, the worst possible news, right? So I, this was um, not last week, but the week before. So I just was like, let me just remain calm. Nothing I can do about whatever it is that's there in terms of I can't make it, you know, go away. I need to figure out what it is and then we deal with it from there. So they arranged for me to go and do the ultrasound. I keep saying sonogram, it's an ultrasound, my apologies. So I went in, uh, did the ultrasound and the ultrasound results. Um, and I must say, doctor, I think his name is Dr. Shara. He was the physician who does the ultrasound and he has done, um, he is part of my executive checkup team where he did the ultrasound, like on checking like things like your kidneys and bladder and all that kind of stuff. Really good bedside manners. And he explains stuff to you in terms of what's going on. So what he saw um, he said, this is fibrocystic breast tissue. So the same thing that I had in my early twenties, which I hadn't had any other reports of it showing up, looks like it's, you know, present it's, um, fibrocystic breast disease. It's considered harmless. And I think the fibroids can kind of go and come, um, you know, uh, as they wish, I guess. Um, so it's not, it wasn't particularly, like large, but fibrocystic breasts can be painful. I don't actually have any pain from mine, but it's like lumpy breasts. Um, they used to call it fibrocystic breast disease, but now um, they say it's actually quite common and it's not a disease. It's just fibrocystic breasts where some women experience these, uh, what they say are normal changes in the breasts. Um, sometimes it's like around your menstrual cycle and so on. So Anyway, um, he determined that it was there. And in fact, he said that I had some others that the mammogram didn't necessarily um, pick up on on the other side. And so, you know, it wasn't anything to worry about, but we just continued doing your annual mammogram and whatever. So what was most interesting is when I was there, I ran into Dr. Benoit. And of course, he's like, hey, you know, I hear you're here today. And I said, yep, getting some additional testing done. He said, okay, well, I want you to meet our new surgeon who happens to be a breast surgeon, that's his specialty, breast cancer, reconstructive surgery. And he's like the expert with women's breasts, breast cancer, and that sort of thing from a surgical perspective. So I said, oh, wow, okay. He just recently started. I'm sure Health City starts back next month in September. I'm sure they'll be bringing him on in due course. And um, I sat down with him and he pulled up the mammogram. He pulled, he spoke to the um, ultrasound technician, the physician, went through everything and he came to the same conclusion. And he actually took the time to explain to me on my mammogram, you know, he enlarged it, magnified it exactly what he was looking for. And he, I thought he was just so amazing in his explanation of things like, you know, if this was cancer, this would be the things that we'd be looking for calcium and, and calcium clusters, not just one little bit of calcium, but cal calcium clusters are an indication of something to be concerned about. And he said, you know, this um, mass that's uh, close to your nipple region 
is like a perfectly round, like it has a very good shape to it. Cancers don't tend to have a very good shape when they're in the breast. So he like went through everything, kind of really broke it down and um, explained it to me. And then we talked about some of the things that can increase your risk or not. You know, um, how long you were in birth control for? Did you breastfeed? Do you have any siblings that have had breast cancer? You know, all these things. Um, so I just want to do a big shout out this morning to the folks over at Health City. This was a real life situation where um, it was good to have the professionals there who were able to, you know, quickly um, get my mammogram done. The following day, I got the results back and they said, hey, we found something. Let's try to figure out what this is. Within a couple of days after that, I had the ultrasound done um, and, you know, they just went through it very, very professionally and as quickly as possible to really put you at ease. Because like I said, your mind has a way of making the worst out of every situation until you know for sure that it's really nothing to worry about. So while I was there, they said, well, you know, you're here instead of having you come back because you, you guys know how this works, right? Um, you don't want to go back. Yeah, I'm good, Alejandro. <laughs> you don't want to go back again for like more testing and whatever. So they're like, well, while you're here, go ahead and speak to Dr. Um, oh gosh, I can't, oh, I'm horrible at name. Sorry. Can't remember his name. But anyway, he was reviewing my executive health check notes from last time. And he said, okay, you know, you don't have to redo the whole thing right now. And there's certain things that, you know, you don't have to do for five years or 10 years because your results were good. But he said, we need to do a little bit of blood work because we need to check that A1C number. You guys know I've been struggling with the A1C number. And that's the number that tells you over um, a period of time what your blood sugar level is doing. So for anybody who is insulin resistant, pre-diabetes, or even a diabetic, that's a number that they need to know. It's really quite an important number. And so he's like, we want to check that. And, uh, you know, your cholesterol, there's a couple other things. I need to actually request my results be sent to me because I like to keep my paperwork and stuff as well, right? So he said, you know, we're going to um, go ahead and order some blood since you're here. Just go to the lab and get it done. I was like, Ugh, a needle in my arm. Okay. But since I'm here, let me just do it, right? So I said, okay, fine. Um, so I, um, Dr. Pooja had also mentioned to me, now that I'm 50 and I'm getting closer to menopause, I think I might've already even started, but I haven't had any major, like nothing really. Um, Cause you know, some of y'all like, oh, Sandy, the hot flashes. I haven't had anything like that. Knock on wood. Um, so I think I might be one of those fortunate people who's just going to sail right through menopause with little disruptions in my life. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm praying. Um, so she's like, you know, your um, bone, calcium, they're things like, like we really want to pay attention to now that you've reached a particular age and your vitamin D levels are also really, really important. So she had mentioned that to me. She said, they recommend just go ahead and do a vitamin D um, supplement in any event. And I thought, mm, well, since you guys are going to take blood, I'm like, just test for vitamin D as well. Let me know if I do need a supplement and what, you know, whatever's going on. So the doctor called last night with the um, results of my blood work and um, everything's good. I actually lost five pounds. I told you my goal was 50 pounds. Well, I didn't make it to 50 pounds by 50, but I did do five pounds. And do you know that even just the five pounds makes a difference, folks? Honestly, with your numbers. So the A1C number is holding steady. It's looking good. It had decreased from before. So they're like, continue maintaining that. And if I lose another, even just 10 to 15 pounds, so it doesn't have to be the full 50 that I would love to lose, 
But, you know, even another 10 to 15 pounds, he's like, your numbers are going to be fantastic. Because overall, you're like relatively healthy. So cholesterol has always been good. Cholesterol remains good. A1C had come down, remaining steady, not increasing. So he's like, good. You know, you lose another 10, 15 pounds, it's going to come down a few more uh, digits as well, right? A few more points. Um, everything else was good. He went through all my numbers that they were testing for. Um, I think there was a, there was a, was there a test in there for gout? Cause I think my father had gout. So that's something that I'm always a little bit, um, thinking that I'm probably going to end up getting because of the genetics of it all. Um, but you know, I think they tested for that calcium, something, something, something. Anyway, all the results, once I get them, I can go into more detail, but they were all fine. And the only one again, that came back questionable or that is low, is actually my vitamin D levels. Vitamin D is really, really important, folks, um, for your body to function well. Um, I know that because we live in the tropics, a lot of people think we are getting enough vitamin D because we get sun exposure, but apparently we don't. And vitamin D helps uh, to regulate the amount of calcium and phosphate in your body. And those are nutrients that need to keep your bone, your teeth, and your muscles healthy. So I can't overstate, and at some point, I hope that Health City will talk about the really, really important stuff um, around vitamin D and why your body needs it. But, you know, it is one of those key nutrients that you need. So now they've said, just take a vitamin D supplement. Um, I forget how much he said I should take, but uh, I think I can take up to, mm, I'll double check, up to... 5,000 units, 10,000 units a day, whatever. So I'll get, um, and I'm going to actually do some research to see what's best, what's the best form of taking it. Cause sometimes it's not in a tablet form. It might be a gummy chewable or it might be liquid vitamin D. So I'm going to do a little bit of research and try to ascertain um, the best way to actually digest vitamin D so that your body takes as much of it as possible. Now there's some people who like to go overboard with vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin D, they'll take like 50,000 units or whatever a day. That makes no sense to do that because um, what your body does is it can only absorb so much of these nutrients and vitamins and anything else, it just dumps and it basically comes out in your urine. So overdoing it, and I know people who love to take mega doses and sometimes taking a mega dose, depending on what it is, sometimes taking a mega dose of something can actually be dangerous. Even something like vitamin C. Like it'll accept your stomach, it'll give you diarrhea. Like there are things that you don't necessarily want to take um, in super doses. You just take what your body needs and that's it, right? So um, I will start to, um, this coming week, start taking a vitamin D supplement and um, that's it. But I just wanted to share with you guys a little experience with the breast because it is something that I think every woman is cognizant of at some level. You know, um, I need to be doing my breast exam, self-examinations on a regular basis. So I'm going to really try to focus on getting that done. But the key takeaway here, folks, is make sure that you do your testing. You know your numbers because, you know, you get base mark test done and then you kind of know where you're at. I need to. And he also said to me, oh, you're 50 now. You know, you're overdue actually for your first colonoscopy. And I said, uh, yes, I was just talking about it yesterday. I know I have to get a colonoscopy done, not the most, you know, it's not something you look forward to, but you've got to get it done. So in the coming months, I am going to schedule um, to have my colonoscopy, my colon checked for any polyps, because that's really, really important. And that's how you can get ahead of things like colon cancer. 
Um, so I'm going to get it done. I think they try to put you to sleep for it to just make it a much more comfortable experience. Um, but anyway, so yes, so I'm going to prioritize that and get that done. I think if you get a clear colon exam, then you don't have to do anything for like another 10 years or whatever. So it's not like, you know, you have to do certain exams every single year. You do your baseline. If the baseline's good, some things you don't have to test um, quite as often as others. But I just wanted to provide that information. And I also wanted to say thank you, a big shout out to the folks over at Health City who were really um, able to put my mind to ease uh, about the situation. And um, yeah, I just wanted to also share that with you all so that you could kind of know a little bit of what was what was going on behind the scenes with me. So health-wise, we're good. We're going to continue to um, work on the diet. We're going to get back on the exercise wagon. I'm going to start walking because listen, exercise isn't about weight loss. It's about other things that are good for your body. And so, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I exercise, I'm going to lose weight. That's not what it's about. Losing weight is 80, 90% your diet, full stop. And then, you know, exercise can assist a little bit, but exercise is good for other things, for heart health and other things as well. So, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. So almost fit as a fiddle, just got to, you know, shave off a little bit more weight and um, keep an eye on, on all those numbers. All right. So good morning to everyone. Thank you for um, sticking with the story. Miss Morna says, I had a lump in my breast, but it was a milk lump um, that by breastfeeding. And after I start putting a warm towel on it, uh, it moved the lump. So as the years when I don't have anyone, any more lump in my breast, but it's good to keep a check on them. Just my two cents. So it's always good to have your um, do yourself exams because there are times when you can pick up on something. Um, and then, of course, really ensure that um, you also are getting your mammograms done. You know what age you're supposed to be doing certain tests and so on. So, um, Halidi, good morning. Um, joining us from the East. So good to see you. Um, Paul says he's in the back of the class with his popcorn and a rum sizzle. What is a rum sizzle? I don't even know what that is. Um, KK wants to know what's going on. She says, Auntie Sandy, what's going on in the Eastern Districts? I got the info. I got the sus. Let's talk about that. Morning to Yasmin. Uh, Mia, so good to see you. Thank you very, very much. appreciate the love and support. Uh, Bevron Conley is here. Says, good morning, Auntie Sandy. So good to see you. Rebecca, hey. I'm watching all the way from the Philippines. Says, I miss the Cayman Islands. Uh, my second home and my Cayman and friends and family um, and friends from other countries as well. Thank you so much. Alejandro is here. First lady is in the house. Um, oh, I think Mia was talking to her aunt Morna. <laughs> Sorry, Mia. We use the term auntie a lot around here. So I wasn't sure who you were, which auntie you were loving on. But yes, I saw another message from aunt Morna that made sense. Um, Miss Alba's here, Buenos Dias, Liana is here, Aliano's in the house, Leroy says he's in the back of the classroom with his folding chair, he bought at A.L. Thompson's. <laughs> if you don't know the folding chair joke, folks, you're behind in times. Uh, Shireen, good morning, Miss Olive is here, Grace is in the house, she says, Awagwan. Grace, your daughter is growing up, I can't believe it, she's a mini you, oh my goodness. Um, all right, we're going to talk about East End here in a second. Good morning to Ervalyn, Strong Wilt, Felicia, Camellia is here. 
Um, Miss Olive says that she could see 113 people in here before me. Y'all so unfair. Y'all sneak into class early. And then she's um, walking through the back window while she was at the front door waiting for it to open. Morning to Melita. We got over 400 people now on the live stream between Facebook and YouTube. Facebook always has more people watching, but the YouTube be holding their own. Morning, Brother Tommy. Uh, Miss Faith is in the house. Barbara G is here. Barbara, did you ever find your bird? Did your African gray come back to you? Everton, Andy, Miss Juanita, Miss Olive, Miss Olivia, Miss Iva, Debbie's here, all the usual suspects. And of course, Miss Vernita. So um, First Lady says, love your top. It fits you so well. Thank you so much. Denny sending some information on uh, vitamin D. Uh, says it should be consumed along with a fat for absorption. I'm sure of that. Um, so I should have it like with an avocado toast because avocado has natural good fats in it for you. Um, Alejandro says, I don't think you can overdose in vitamin C, but if anyone has let me know, I'd be curious to know. Well, you can have too much vitamin C, in fact. Um, so you can you can overdo it on a lot of vitamins, the thing is, normally your body will just dump it, like I said, in your urine. Um, the most common side effect when you have too much vitamin C, excessive vitamin C, like I said, is actually diarrhea and nausea. So it messes with your stomach. Um, but you can have, um, remember now that vitamin C is a water-soluble nutrient. So it is found naturally in fruits and vegetables. And a lot of times it is not necessary for you to, um, it's not necessary for you to take anything extra, but you can overdo it. Alejandro, you can overdo water. Remember the lady who died from water intoxication the other day? She drank too much water. So yeah, what do you get if you take too much vitamin C, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, heartburn, stomach and abdominal cramps and headache? And most people, if you have a healthy diet, you're getting enough vitamin C in your diet. So you don't need to overdose on it. A lot of people want to think, oh, it's going to prevent me from getting the cold. Actually, what you need to be doing if you want to starve off the cold and if you get it to kill it quickly is zinc and what's the other one for colds? Zinc and something else. It's actually not even vitamin C. But, you know, don't take vitamin C supplements. Sit down and eat an orange. Don't don't drink orange juice. Sit down and eat an orange. <laughs> Um, there are lots of foods that are high in vitamin C. So, um, yep, an important part of your diet, oranges, strawberries. So if you have a, an orange or a cup of strawberries, chopped up red peppers, uh, broccoli, that provides enough vitamin C for the day. Get it from your foods. I think that's always the most important thing as opposed to trying to take a supplement. Um, I think vitamin D, unfortunately, is one of those things that there's only like one way you can get it. Um, so yes, Alejandro, just be careful. Um, Jim says 5,000 vitamin D's is a lot, unless your, your vitamin D is really low. 2000 a day is usually good. I'm going to double check cause I can't remember now what he said the numbers were. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will double check it and see. Uh, Irvin says take D3. It's very good. Works well under the tongue. Um, and Irvlin says that in February, her A1C number was 6.1. 
Last week, it came down to a five. Wow. That's fantastic, Irvalyn. What have you been doing? That's very, very good. Um, so Leroy says, yeah, get off the mac and cheese. Don't worry. I've not been making any, so I've not been eating any. Mm-hmm. I find that for me, um, you know, my diet isn't the worst. It's not the best and it's not the worst, but I have a very fancy palate, which in a way is a good thing because for me to eat healthy, I just don't eat out, just eat at home. And I'm normally fine. Miss Stacy knows like, don't put salt in my food. Really? I'm not a person that needs a whole lot of sodium unless it's mango season. Then y'all know I love my turned mangoes with salt and pepper and vinegar, a little sauce. Um, but other, other than that, I don't add salt to food and all this kind of stuff. I can, I can cook completely without salt almost and not even taste the difference. Cause I do add a lot of other seasonings and stuff. Um, you know, lower fat and I love fish. Like I love salmon. Like I like a lot of the things that are actually really healthy for you. I love salads. My daughter, I was like, mommy, you sure love a salad. I'm like, yes, I do. Good salads. Um, but I love when I say I've got like an expensive palate, I love fancy desserts. So when I go out to eat, my Achilles heel is, ooh, honey chill. If we got a sticky toffee on that menu, like we're at Thai Orchid, mm, it's hard to say no to Thai Orchid's desserts. So I try to limit um, the amount of times I go to certain places. And then, you know, there are times when I'm like, you know what, let me have half a dessert today. Like I really don't have the the capacity to eat a full dessert. Let me have half. I don't really like sharing food with people, but, you know, let me have half a dessert or whatever. And then sometimes I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to say no to dessert today. Mm, that's hard, but yes. Um, and so thank you so much, Daisy. Um, Lizette says, thanks to God was nothing to worry about, Sandy. Uh, glad all is well. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. So yes, I'm going to continue with the um, intermittent fasting because I think that that, even if it helps just a little bit, even if it's just five or 10 pounds, um, I think that that has been useful. So most days I will not eat until after um, after midday. And then my eating window is midday to eight o'clock. And I don't try to eat after eight o'clock. So Ms. Ann says D3 and K2 together. So I have them together. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Thank you so much. And um, Jim says D3 is good. Good morning to Lance Jefferson. He's in the house. He says Moringa is said to provide seven times more vitamin C than oranges, 10 times more vitamin A than carrots, and seven times more calcium than milk. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Nine times more protein than yogurt, 15 times more potassium than bananas, 25 times more iron than spinach, proteins, vitamin A, D, C, E, folic acid. It sounds like it's got everything in it. What is the... um? What is the best way to digest Moringa? Is it just a tea or um, are you looking at um, having it with what? How do you, can you put it like in food? Can you cook Moringa with like veggies? Like, I don't really know. I know there's the Moringa tea, but is there any other way that you can actually digest Moringa? I'm curious. Um, okay. So Miss Darlene is in the house says one of the screenings I would love to see done home. If it's not being done already is for bowel cancer. Um, I think that when I had my executive check, I want to say they did, I'm going to double check, 
but I want to say that they did an ultrasound for um, the bowels. But I'm I'm gonna double check because child, I was poked and prodded, and they checked for so much stuff. Um, let me double check. Uh, let me double check that. I just saw a call come in and that's all. All right, I'll double check that, Miss um, Darlene. But I do know for sure kidneys were on the list. They did kidney function. And I want to say that they actually looked at the bowel and stuff as well. Amjad, I've got a bone to pick with you. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Good honey. Morning. They say that... Um you can put the moringa leaves in your salad, like how you say you like salad. Mm-hmm. I understand that that um it good in salads like that, and that way you do taste like the you know the little harshness or bitterness. Uh, one friend had told me that that mm-hmm. must put the moringa, my right, the little leaves, wash it and put sprinkle them. You know you can take them off and put it in the salad, and mix it up, and eat it like that. Oh, okay. That's mm. what a friend told me from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll check that out. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, honey. Um, Miss Angie says, morning, Sandy. Looking lovely today. Love your top. Jim says, the colonoscopy prepping the day before is what's not so much fun. To have the actual procedure you're put under waking up afterwards, surprise, it's over so quickly. Yeah, because I think they give you stuff to try to clean out your colon, right? So they make sure you really get cleaned out good. Um, Morna says a little bit of lemon can't go on the thing I call a scale too small. So they use the gel on my little lemon What gel. Good morning to Noelle, Catherine. Good morning to you. Winnie's in the house. She says that endoscopy is also imperative to check out, um, as much as the colonoscopy. You couldn't stress more, um, on the vitamin D interesting class, Sandy. Yeah. Morning, Benji. Cameron is here. Um, says, don't try school, Alejandro. He's CMR's local herb doctor. What a mess. Um, bird still not found. Aw. Keep the faith. Um, he may come home yet. He's probably right in the area, Miss Barbara. I don't think they go very far. Um, so hopefully he'll come home. So Jim says magnesium is another one that should be added to a daily regimen, but take the magnesium before bed. It helps with a good sleep. Mm. Uh, Chi-Chi, good morning to you. Um, want some information on the sex offenders bill? Wow, Chi-Chi, I wish I could give you some information. Um, we do need to chase up the premiere because when he was on the show some months back, he said that he was going to check with the attorney general to find out where that is and what's being done with it. You know, I got to be honest with you. I don't get a sense that it is a priority for the political arm of this country. They're busy with what they think are more important things. And that does sadden me because I think it's something that we need and it could be um, incredibly an incredibly useful tool in this community. And they just need to put it in place. But come and see how many of our uncles and aunts and dads and other people might end up on that list. But of course, they'll do it where the person's only convicted. And I hate to tell you, but it's a small portion of sex offenders that are convicted. The rest get away with it their entire 
lives. They're predators and they'll never be on that list. So don't let that list give you a false sense of security. I mean, it can be helpful, especially for our transient population, but don't get a false sense of security because somebody's not on the list. That means they're a safe person. Mm -mm. No, honey, chow. Morning, Miss Yvette. Yvette says, which one of the magnesiums? That's a lot. There's a lot of different ones. Mm. We need to have a whole supplement section. Um, most supplements are um, a complete waste of money. Research has found that you just don't need them. If you're eating you know, relatively healthy diet, you just don't need them. I know one, I've got my little, um, actually, hold on one second. Let's do a quick commercial break. So I'm going to pull over. I have it here because I've been meaning to organize my little tablets in a daily thing so I can actually take them. Oh, I'm the worst with taking tablets. I got to tell you the truth. But let's grab, let's grab my little jingle of vitamins over here. Burger King summer specials just keep getting better. Introducing the newest limited edition to hit the menu, King Wings. Fried, lightly salted, unbreaded, and delicious chicken wings at BK. Complete with your choice of buffalo, barbecue, or sweet and sour sauce. Whether you're feeling snacky or want a feast fit for a king, Burger King summer specials has got you covered. The all-new King's Wings have landed at Burger King. Grab them late at Seven Mile Beach or Red Bay. Open until midnight Thursdays and 1 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. All right, folks. So most of the, the vitamins and stuff, eh, it's a waste of money is what they tell you. But I've got my little vitamin thing here. That I'm supposed to be organizing. I had a vitamin organizer. Now, now ask me where I put it because now that I'm thinking about it, I have this that I'm supposed to be organizing in the pill box, but I don't know where I put the pill box. Anyway, let me tell you what I've got in here that I should be taking, but I'm not because I buy stuff with all good intentions and I don't like to take pills. So I'm actually the worst at taking pills, but I'm going to do better. Um, so CoQ10 is actually really, really good for you. It's good for your heart health, um, cardiovascular health. Um, oh, we've got somebody calling the program. Hold on. Good morning, caller. You're live on the radio. Do you want to be live on radio? Good morning, Sandra. Morning. How you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? Good. I'm well. Am I Good. actually on the air? Or is this yes. Call? Live on radio because I have a radio show Monday oh. to Friday. Gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. Just as well. I'm okay. calling. So I wasn't listening. So I, I just dialed in. So I apologize if mm -hmm. I'm breaking the topic. Okay. But I'm calling regards in a matter, regarding a matter with World Bank of Canada. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to access account information from a deceased parent. Mm -hmm. I presented myself to the bank with letters of administration and ID. Mm -hmm. And I was told that in addition to that, I would need to provide original death certificate, which mm -hmm. I think is a bit redundant, but I don't have a problem with. Mm -hmm. Beneficiary identification. Mm -hmm. and deceased individuals identification okay i don't see the rationale and and i should say that i reached out mm -hmm. to an employee of the bank hoping mm -hmm. that they could see how illogical this was mm -hmm. they referred me to a daffin archibald who apparently is a manager or supervisor there mm-hmm who sent me a very blah email saying this is their policy and they won't deviate from it. Okay. So I went back and I said, please explain to me the rationale of this policy. It seems arbitrary and illogical. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is 
the beneficiary has nothing to do with me as the administrator requesting information on an account. The administrator is not obligated to also be the beneficiary. Right. Then mm -hmm. these bank accounts were open before anybody thought of putting photo ID with signature cards or anything of that nature. So why would a deceased person's identification be relevant, particularly if the deceased person has been dead for a number of years? So you're saying in all that time, they never acquired um, actual photo ID of people? That that may not necessarily be the case because one thing we know here with the banks and Cayman is they do a lot of KYC and every single year almost, they're asking you to update your Absolutely. information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But if I if I ask you and you tell me this is your policy mm -hmm. and I say, OK, this is your policy, but help me understand the rationale behind your policy. Why are you asking for this person's ID? Mm -hmm. And their response is it's enhanced due diligence. Mm -hmm. OK, I happen to work in the compliance arena, so I understand what enhanced due diligence means. Mm -hmm. I ask for them. Provide but me enhanced due diligence website. on the deceased person. Well, that that would be because they're not asking for additional ID on me. So clearly okay. they're asking for because why else? And I've, I've never as someone who's also worked person. in compliance, I've never really heard of enhanced due diligence for somebody who's already dead. Because you it can't doesn't seem logical. Yeah, you can't really commit any offenses once you're dead or you can't have any risk once you're dead. So um, in addition to that, now mm -hmm. I've asked them for a link to their website, which outlines their policy right. or to give me something on their stationery, mm -hmm. not an arbitrary email mm -hmm. or just word of mouth, but something that's entrenched on a publication of the bank that supports this. Mm -hmm. I then asked them to escalate it. So they escalated the matter to a, and I want to make sure I get this name correct. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's Kadeen Lobin and Erica Rule, neither of which has had the decency or the professional courtesy to respond. Now, mm -hmm. there's a number of issues rolled up in this mm -hmm. because my understanding is Erica Rule is here on a work permit from the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Why are we bringing in unprofessional and, and incompetent people when if we want to have unprofessional and incompetent, there's enough in K-Man. We certainly don't <laughs> need to be taking our work permits for them. Lord Jesus, I think that was a that was a low blow for Caymanians. But let let me say this: no, um, it's it's saying that if if the bar is that low, we don't need to import yeah. people. Let let me person. let me say this, caller. I think what's happening here, and you know, banks sometimes will do this, not just them, but other institutions as well. But I think we all kind of have to deal with banks. They may have a policy in place. Uh, we were talking about credit union a couple of weeks back about them having a policy that had previously been in, uh, enforced, then they did enforce it for years and they decide to reinforce it, didn't really give people a whole lot of notice about their shares account. Listen, banks have policies that may or may not be written down properly or codified, only they seem to know what the policies are. And then when it's convenient to them, they'll pass it on to you and say, oh, well, this, 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 and this are the requirements. They may not necessarily have it um, in writing, to be honest, although I would think that a bank the size of Royal Bank of, of Canada would have those policies available in writing. Um, but, you know, the banks here have to go through a lot of checkboxes when it comes to due diligence that I would say isn't always logical. 
but they feel like they have to do it in order to remain compliant so that we can stay off of the FATF list and all these other blacklists and gray lists that they keep putting us on. Meanwhile, you can show up in the UK, you can show up in the US and open a bank account with little to no documentation or anything. And here you're, you feel like they're asking you for your, the kidney of your firstborn child. Um, and right. you know, it's, it's, it's more of an outward pressure uh, that has dictated these policies and anything called logic. So that's the first thing I would say but, to you. Um, but that's one thing. But what you can't get away from is you've got people holding what they want to say are supervisory and managerial roles. And mm-hmm. they can't articulate this in a concise, coherent, and rational manner to their customer base. Mm. So then they, they either need a new training program or they need to gut their management and supervisory staff and train people properly Mm. and hire people to understand what the job entails and how to effectively communicate that to their customer base. Mm -hmm. So I understand requirements that are forced on the island by outside forces, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand, nor does that in any way excuse their unprofessional manner in which they've conducted business. Mm -hmm. So someone is um, asking whether or not there was a will in this case or have you sought a grant of probate? So they're kind of curious about how. So the answer to that is yes. And so that's where the letters of administration comes in. Okay. So none of that. So you have the letters of administration. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the the issue here is they're asking for ID Mm -hmm. for a dead person. And they can't explain to me why other than it's enhanced. But I should point out I've also just pulled up a copy of their uh, their policy. Mm-hmm. I happen to pull it up and bear with me. I'll read it to you. Mm-hmm. And it references. So this person who's listening to conversation says on the compliance issue raised with the caller, a lot of these people who work in compliance have blinders on and can't or don't think outside the box. That's been their experience. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I get that. But again, I work in compliance mm-hmm. and you, no matter what your job is, whether it's an attorney, whether mm-hmm. it's compliance, whether it's an accountant, whether it's a physician, There is what you're trained to do. And then there's an element of discretion and common sense. Mm. So the rules may say X, Y, Z, but if Mm -hmm. you realize that X, Y, Z isn't fully and wholly applicable in this scenario, that's where your good judgment and your professional experience come into play. Yeah. And Um, it may be that these people don't feel or they've not been given that discretionary power because, you know, well, of again, how their companies operate. Dane Lobin and Erica Roll are the senior managers. If they've not been given it, then it means I need to escalate this to the Bahamas in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And once again, if they have not been given it, why are we taking out a work permit for somebody who doesn't have that level of control? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's so a good, it's a good question. Of, uh, issues yes. that, that are coming up on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I just just bear with me because I want to read you what their policy actually says. One mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to argue with the fact that sometimes these things are very illogical. And, um, you know, you question. So number 19. Yes. Release of funds. You got you got to speak into your phone so we can actually hear you. Uh, um, okay, maybe I can text it to you then, and you can read it because I don't have a headset. So oh, okay. I'm actually sort of toggling between, but I will text it to you, and if okay. you have the time, um, then one moment. Mm-hmm. So what I can do for you, caller, like I, I don't bank at RBC. So I'm not going to profess to know anyone at RBC that can probably be of necessarily any more assistance, but I can try um, to reach out and see if, you know, we can get to the bottom of this. Um, I would appreciate it because I've told them I plan on initiating a complaint with SEMA, but clearly they have no fear of SEMA because mm-hmm. despite that, they've, they're not communicating. <sighs> okay. Um and you should have a copy of the attachment. I've just forwarded it to you. Okay. And it's number 19, which right. doesn't reference any of what they're asking for. All right. Let me see here. So we have, um, let me just open up your documents. So client agreement, personal deposit accounts. This is a five page document. And you say point number 19? Correct says release of funds on death. Okay. We will require estate documentation to release funds from an account upon the death of an account owner. Estate documentation means any document that may be required by us in our absolute discretion and may include a death certificate probated will as required within the country in which the account is held in the event of any, of any dispute regarding the release of funds upon your death, we will pay the amounts held in any account into court and recover any expenses, including legal fees incurred by us from the funds in an account. Um, With respect to joint accounts, we're authorized to release any information about the account to the state representative of the deceased account owner up to the date of the death. So, I mean, it does say in their discretion so this is this is where they right. trick you up because they have the discretion That's, to ask for anything. They can't articulate the rationale for for requesting these documents. I don't know that they necessarily have to. To be honest, um, they well, can I they think, can just say that it's a stop, requirement. I I think we have to stop giving individuals and institutions that much leverage and latitude. They don't function without us as customers. And the idea that we keep allowing these people to think that they can dictate things, mm-hmm. we really need to put a stop to that. They can only do what we empower and we allow them to do. Mm. And we need to start taking them to task when they do these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'll reach out and see if we can get anybody at RBC. I'm sure they're listening this morning. They're always listening. Um, see if they well, can. I, I, I did advise them that I would make this a very public issue. Mm-hmm. So if they're not listening, if they had half a brain, they should have known something was coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see what we can do Thank for you. Appreciate your time. No Thank problem you. at all. Okay, my dear. So I'll pass on your number. All right. RBC folks, anybody listening to the program this morning, do reach out to me. 
see if we can help this young man get this situation sorted out. I understand what he's saying, um, but let me be very, very frank here. Um, none of us have, how do I say this as kindly as I possibly can? Uh, none of us have any powers over the banks. Not even the government really has much power over the banks. Um, they are in the business of making uh, money. Uh, they they offer you a service. They will loan you money with certain conditions. But, you know, when they're not making money, that's going to be the day that they close their doors and they shut down. And, yes, there's some policies that we may not understand and we may not like. Do they have to explain those policies to us? I don't know that they do. Um, you know, they're a private institution. Like, I expect government to explain their policies to me because, you know, that's the people's money and that's the people's um you know, elected officials and civil servants kind of work for the people. And half the time they have policies that don't make no sense either <laughs> that they can't explain to you. But does a private institution have to explain to you why they're doing certain things that they do? Not really. And I'll be quite frank with you. I mean, I know he said we shouldn't accept that, but a private institution can also tell you that they don't need your business. You can go somewhere else. So I don't know. Um, Mary Jean says, what happened to risk-based approach? I mean, it, it does seem a little bit illogical, to be honest. Akina says, worst bank. Um, Natasha says, have you ever dealt with a government department? Yeah. Caller, good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. I agree with the caller. Yeah. I think we need, we need to stop allowing institutions uh, treating us like dogs. And what are you going to do about it? Uh, change the laws so that they can have more competition. Change the laws so they can have more competition. Mm -hmm. So um, the Bankers Association is going to get competition from whom? You think there's going to be a commercial bank that comes about that wouldn't join the Bankers Association? They're going to be a force until mm -hmm. their own? No. They okay. have the structured in such a way that they have the market locked so clearly they don't have to care at all mm -hmm. about the impact they have on your life is so disrespectful that they don't even think they have to explain to you anything now you could take the view if you want that i don't need to explain to you mm -hmm. anything that's fine Mm -hmm. But if you think that you're going to be treating people like their dogs mm -hmm. in matters that impact their life and people are just going to forget it and walk away forever and never do anything about it. No, mm -hmm. that's not gonna, That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that the temperature is going to build until the pressure reaches the point and, and, and things boil over. And, and it will be dealt with the wrong way. Mm. You, ever, you ever, you remember, you remember um, many years ago how the phrase going postal came about? I don't know how it came about, but I think it probably had something to do with the postal workers. Yeah, yeah. Postal workers went in and I think they shot up um, employees in a place. I'm not trying to justify that and say that there's anything right with that. What I'm trying to say to you is that usually what most people do 
is they sit down and they let things fester until it becomes a serious problem and people do dumb things. Mm -hmm. You see, you know what I like about that caller? Mm -hmm. He came onto your show and he had a conversation about a, a problem that has a very significant impact uh, on him. And that's the way we should handle things. But, but what is the response you get from the institutions when you try to be reasonable, like what he is doing? You're treated like a dog. What I'm trying to say to you is that treating people like a dog is never going to end well. Mm -hmm. That's the point. And I believe that even though a, a, a private company doesn't have to answer your question the way that you're thinking about it according to law, it's wise to do so. Mm. Hmm. Okay. But I agree. I, I, I left Royal Bank, I think it was like 1990. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know one of the reasons why I left Royal Bank? Because when they started to come out with debit cards, the reason Royal Bank was not going to do debit cards was because they feel that Cayman wasn't ready for it. They said maybe in about 20 years. Debit card? Cayman would be ready. Yeah, debit card. Yes, a debit card. So they weren't going to issue debit cards? And they felt that Cayman was not ready for it for what? another 20 Oh, my years. God. Now, they don't believe in forward-thinking technology. Wow. But, but you, you have to understand that what this gentleman is saying to you is that they're still stupid. Oh, what a mess. All right. Good morning, um, everyone. 936-2626. Um, wow. Maybe the problem is I'm not dealing with a bank that doesn't have any common sense. Um, I've never heard of such a thing in my life, quite frankly. They didn't want to do debit cards? I've never heard that story. Um, like I said, I've never dealt with Royal Bank, so I can't speak about them at all. I just don't know. Although it seems a general feedback is a lot of y'all don't like dealing with Royal Bank. I wonder how much, what their customer base is. Uh, remember last time we were talking about them, it was disclosed that government is actually leaving them. Government is no longer going to be, that's not going to be the bank the government deals with anymore. I don't know when that decision was made or when it's going to happen, but we have it on good authority from multiple sources that they're actually moving over to Butterfield. I wish they had moved over to CNB. Would have been better. Um, but anyway, what a hot mess. Um, Royal Bank, I think you guys got some work to do if you want to keep your commercial customers, which I suspect, I mean, I have my suspicions about some of these Canadian banks that they don't actually care about keeping commercial customers. They're more interested on the wealth management side of things, you know, managing that type of a portfolio. And they could be perfectly happy shutting down their commercial operations, except for the fact that they have people who have mortgages and stuff with them, interest-bearing mortgages that, you know, you're going to be paying for the next 20 years or whatever. Based on their movements, I really question if they care about the banking consumer, the average person at all, and how much they care about that business. 
Joyce Ann, good morning. Um, I understand you had a birthday celebration recently. Happy birthday. She says, this bank is one of the worst banks. I got scammed almost one month ago and all now nothing. I've been calling and calling. Wow. No, sir. Now I tell y'all, boy, I'm riding. I know y'all think CNB must have me in a payroll. I wish they would do some advertising. CNB, advertising, CMR. Um, but no, I mean, I ride with them because listen, especially when it comes to security, I have a little, I'm having a little issue that they're trying to sort out and I'm, I'm giving lots of grace to get that sorted out with online banking. But I got to tell you what, anybody uses your debit card, credit cards, whatever you, you know about it. And they're calling too, all the way from Trinidad. When I see that Trinidad number calling, I know exactly who it is. Is this Miss Sandra Hill? Yes, ma'am. Did you authorize that? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. They be checking now. Strong Wilt says, good morning, Sandy. Royal Bank used to be the best bank in the Cayman Islands, but they're gone to the dogs. Wonder what happened. Hot tamales. Oh, every time I say hot tamales, I got to shake my little hot tamales back. Hot tamales. Um, legal scammers, says Alejandro. You're welcome, Miss Joyce Ann. Ervalyn says CNB is the best bank. Uh, Natasha's riding with Butterfield. Uh, Joyce Sam says CNB is the best. Al says protect protest starts with uh, our mindset, with one mindset, too many sheep in the majority. Morning, Miss Sanya. Uh, Gabby says CNB for sure. Lisa says, is it that the institutions are not explaining it or is it that the customers cannot accept the explanations, policies, procedures, regulatory requirements Note that my comment isn't about this caller situation, just generally speaking. Well, I'll tell you what, Lisa, to be fair to the banks, because I saw a situation recently where somebody was complaining um, about CNB, in fact, and how, oh, you know, they won't give her a business loan because, you know, she doesn't have her residency sorted out yet. There was like a whole list of stuff. And I thought it was interesting, but to me, all of it made sense. So I reached out to her and I also said to CNB, you guys should reach out to her because I think she was talking to like different people in the bank and I don't know how good their level of understanding is. Because sometimes, listen, your information that you're going to receive from anybody on the front line, whether it's, you know, somebody over at WRC within a government agency, it can be different depending on who you get. And not everybody has the ability to properly explain things to you. And I think even this caller, that's a little bit of what he's saying, that listen, um, if you have someone who's at a management level, manager of compliance or whatever, and they don't have the capacity to tell you or to explain to you why they have certain policies in place, then why are they even in that position? Why are we allowing you know, a work permit holder to sit there and they're not able to articulate why certain policies exist? And that could be a very, very fair criticism and a fair point. Like, I don't know what the correspondence has been like. Obviously, we're hearing from, you know, this gentleman and what his experiences have been. So we can take him at face value until we know differently. But I think a lot of times it comes down to communication. Because even when I started to communicate with this young lady who I happen to know um, outside of just, you know, Facebook, I was messaging her and I said, well, you could understand from a policy perspective why the bank is not going to loan you money if your immigration status is not regularized, right? So if you're, you're waiting on your PR application and that's pending, 
Nobody in their right mind, that's a risk element. So nobody in their right mind should be loaning you money, not knowing if you might be denied PR and then you're going to have to, you know, you have a year to leave this, this country. So I said to her, but that's logical to me. That That's not something that really requires a whole lot of explanation. And after I said it to her, she's like, yeah, I agree. I understand that. But then why are you complaining about it? Why are you saying that, oh, CNB doesn't want to give you a loan um, because of your PR situation? No bank, I would think, in this country is going to do that. So this isn't probably anything even specific to CNB. To me, that would be a general policy that they're not going to, um, you know, certain risk categories, they're just not going to loan people money to because they don't know what's going to happen. You might be out the door in no time and have to move back halfway around the world or whatever your situation is, right? And I'm trying to remember what else she was complaining about. There's a couple other things um, that didn't really make any sense. But, you know, even for small business owners, it's difficult for us because, um, you know, there is a risk element, a humongous risk element with being a small business owner as opposed to working for somebody else and you're getting a paycheck every month. That's a much more secure situation, sort of, um, than being a small business owner. And that's why they want several years worth of financial records and they want an accountant, a CPA, to actually prepare financials so that they can see what is actually going on with the company and the company's money. And are you paying yourself a salary? And how is it, you know, they want to see your contracts that you have. Listen, I'm a small business owner. I've been through the ringer. Um, even right now, we're doing some business with the bank. Um, and I have a whole long list. Chad, I got my folder over there. A whole long list of things that the bank has required. And, you know, providing it, they came back and said, oh, by the way, we want this as well. Da, 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 da. I, I didn't question it. It was like a company bio, buy it yourself. Because I actually understand the logic behind why that would help make the case for what it is that I'm working on, what it is that I'm doing. And I said, listen. If I'm going to be loaning you money, I try to put myself in the situation with the bank. Say I'm going to loan you $500,000, a million dollars, $2 million, whatever. That's money and it's a lot of money. I want to make sure as much as possible that everything is favorable and conducive to me believing that you're going to be a good paymaster and I'm going to get my money back with the agreed upon interest. And some people are too risky. And if you, if you have any doubts about it, just go to the court list and see how many people default on mortgages and bank loans all the time and, you know, have to end up their homes in foreclosure. And sometimes it's, it's things that you don't even anticipate. There's a lawyer I know, I'm not going to call his name, but, you know, it's all a matter of public record. It, they were actually two lawyers. as It was a family of lawyers, husband and wife team. And uh, they went through a divorce. And divorce has a way of financially ruining you in a way. Listen, if you've never been through a divorce, honey, jail, let me tell you, it's it's a whopper. So all of a sudden, you have a combined income of, of say, say they were each making $10,000, $15,000 a month, right? And they could afford a $10,000, $15,000 mortgage because that was only one person's salary. The other person could pick up all the other bills and whatever. Now the salary is gone. They're in foreclosure. You know, I mean, they're divorcing. Um, they need to try to do a forced sale on the house. You never get the same money when you do a forced sale. They're they're acrimonious with each other. So one, the wife is like, well, I'm not moving out of the house until it's sold because I don't want to lose my interest in it. You know, two years in, the property still isn't sold. 
They, their divorce might even be completed. The property still isn't sold. And now the pressure's on because you can no longer make those, those payments. And that house went into foreclosure. And here's the, the most egregious part. It was such a sad situation. 8,000 square foot house, overbuilt, huge house. Uh-huh. Market conditions being what they were, they could have gotten it over a million dollars for it, but location being where it is, you know, in a forced sale, they just couldn't get it. So eventually the house sold for, I think, maybe six, seven hundred thousand dollars right? Um, because the bank just needed to get it. I think it's Butterfield. They just needed to get it off their books. They're like, oh, this is bad debt. We just need to sell it and try to recoup some of our money. They were still owing another $200,000 or something. Um, and the bank still is going to go after that couple for their money. They're, they're like, listen. And I think one of the lawyers lost his job. He wasn't working at the big time law firm anymore. He had to go to a smaller firm. So again, his earning capacity wasn't what it was before. You know, these things happen. So when banks are looking at your situation, you know, they have to take all of these things into consideration. Like if you were to lose your job tomorrow, how many of you are going to be able to maintain that loan facility? Um, you know, if you've got rental income, the reason why they only take 50%, like you're talking about, well, what are their policies? Oh, why, are you, why are you only taking half of the rental income? Because they know there'll be times that you don't have somebody renting. The rental market can crash, right? And then all of a sudden, today you can get $5,000 for this house. Tomorrow, you'll be lucky if you get $2,500. So there's a lot of factors and a lot of elements, I think, that unless you're probably in the world of banking um, or risk management, that you may not always appreciate. And maybe the banks, like I said, don't do a great job of explaining it to you, but there is a reason for a lot of the things that they do. Good morning, caller. Hey, good morning, Sandra. How are you today? Not bad, dear. How are you? Um, okay. Um, um, certainly, I am blessed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yesterday, stuff was real hot and sounds like like this is going to boil up to really hot too. Mm-hmm. But um, you know something? I, I personally think that mm-hmm. in most businesses here mm-hmm. and in the banks as well, a lot of customer... Service should be taught. I mean, some you go into some some banks, you go into some businesses. You you swear that some of the people, um, the customer service and and whatnot, you swear that they had the whole world down on their shoulder. Good morning. How are you? Mm-hmm. Good morning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I I think for us calling our, ourselves a tourist destination and mm-hmm. and uh, um, financial and and whatnot, mm-hmm. I wish that the the businesses, the banks, whatever, take time when they employ somebody mm-hmm. to if 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 themselves know um to teach their staff some customer service it mm. it doesn't take it doesn't take a long half an hour to ask a, a customer after all 
The customers is who is is there to help them make money and pay their salaries. Mm-hmm. And you find that often now in Cayman, with especially, I'm sorry, especially the younger generation. They're all dressed up, though. And the latest, making half a, a, what a, 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 a waiter or a waitress make in, in some of the mm-hmm. nice uh, restaurants and stuff like that. But customer service need to be taught in this in this mm. island. I mean, I mean, really, like urgent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. urgent. So that's all I have to say for mm-hmm. right now. Thank you. And you have a good day, good mm-hmm. weekend. But it sounds like it's we're gonna have a rainy one. Mm-hmm. But we were asking for rain, and God is sending it back to us. Mm-hmm. So thank you again. Thanks for listening. Okay, my dear. Thanks. Appreciate it. Nine three six two six two six. Um, I'm not going to argue with that caller. I do believe that um, customer service is lacking, without a doubt. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Miss Darlene, turn that radio down for me. Yeah, yeah I just realized that. Twitter, I just realized it. There we go. Um, no, I want to say something quick about customer service. I say all the time, customer service is like seven up. You either got it or you don't have it mm. because you like seven can, up boy. I, <laughs> I yeah, like, I like that analogy. Yeah. you like if it caffeinated or not, whatever. Uh-huh. But that is what I see customer service. Uh-huh. Sometimes it don't matter. It doesn't matter how much training they get, um, whether they're young or old. If uh-huh. you don't have that spark in you to know, a good customer service, forget it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder why, uh, I mean, training happens because I know a lot of these places do training. They mm-hmm. have supervisors and managers that just deal strictly mm-hmm. with customer service, but it, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these places put people on the front line that are afraid of people. Mm-hmm. They are antisocial and maybe because the pool is so small for them to pull from, uh-huh. that is why they end up just saying, well, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and to be honest with you, a lot of time is our own people and Caymanians never used to be like that. We were uh-huh. always people that were friendly and nice and knew how to handle situations with, you know, on the job or off the job too. So uh-huh. that's my two cents. Yeah. Okay, have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks, my dear. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I experience it all the time. Um, and not just in Cayman, I should say all over the world. I think customer service is something that is in short supply. So, you know, I know we get complaints and, um, you know, sometimes I go to the U S and I have to shake my head. I was telling you all about when I was in Miami the other day and I ended up in an area that was not that far from the airport, but predominantly Cubans. And nobody spoke any English. It was a restaurant. I was trying to ask for something and they could care less. They 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 did not even respond to me because I was not able to articulate in Spanish what I needed. They're like, oh, sorry, don't speak English. And they just turned around and walked back. Didn't give a cahoots. I was like, excuse me. They didn't care. Not the first time. And I'm sure it won't be the last time. Good morning, caller. Customer service Good is a morning. dying situation. Morning, darling. How are you? Good morning, sweetie. How are you? I'm great. Good. Happy Thanks Friday. 
Thank you. The same to you, sweetie. And I'm glad you enjoyed your birthday. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'm saying the customer service, like you said, it's the worst thing here. Mm. And we have people that come from other countries and I'm not lucky no foreigners. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but they never work in a bank. They never work, you know, in these establishments. Mm-hmm. So they go and they get cheap labor because they can pay them so much cheaper than people with experience. When they get them, the poor people don't know. Mm-hmm. So when you go there, they don't even know to answer your question. Mm-hmm. So they're running around the whole bank too, mm-hmm. trying to find out one answer for one question. And then who in charge is the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's chaos. And then the managers, mm-hmm. they hide from you because it's so much complaint. They don't want to deal with you. Mm-hmm. They're sitting upstairs, lock off, and don't care. Mm-hmm. I've been with banks. Of um, Royal Bank was 23 or 24 years. Mm-hmm. And when Mr. Chisholm was running that bank, what a bank. Mm-hmm. It was the best bank to be in. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they had so many Caymanians. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you they would help, they would help you to the end. Like Miss Elizabeth Smith, Denise, and Janet Rottler, Catherine from Northside, Carol, I could name them. You could call them and you could expect back an email. Or they're going to call you back. Honey, you could mm-hmm. call for days now. You could email. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. bank? You emails. And it's urgent. And they don't respond. Then they have you call in Bahamas. Then Bahamas said they sent it back to Cayman. And then mm-hmm. Cayman sent it. And you up and down like a yo-yo. You know, we got to do something in this island. Because banking is mm-hmm. the most major thing in our little island. And they cannot just cater to the foreigners mm-hmm. because they want to cater to the big money. They need to cater to the locals. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we are here. And when the foreigners leave, there's, they're going to leave it to money. When I say that, the big rich ones, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. they think that they got all of this money. And sometimes they're there and it's them that make them have money. I know that for a fact. Mm. So when, because they come in with all these credentials and all of this, not a penny came and made them rich. That's why they don't leave here. Mm-hmm. The poor mm-hmm. little one that works day, not going anywhere, mm-hmm. even to open account. Their father, I mean, like they need to get their grandmother out the grave to open account. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Once they have the proper documentation, open mm-hmm. account. I have workers that have been back and forth and has been here for six years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they got everything they need it's about 10 times, okay, before you can get the account open. Yes. And it's discouraging. Hmm. So we really need a platform that this bank, and I do not know if it's um, SEMA or who, mm-hmm. because I myself is looking to go to someone because it, it can't continue. Mm-hmm. What is going to happen to us? But or your mortgage and see how quickly mm-hmm. they put a for sale sign in there. Do you know Royal Bank put a for sale sign on my property a couple of years back? Mm-mm. And they gave me an account to send my money to. Mm-hmm. And I sent my money to the account and mm-hmm. it was backed up like, I don't know, about thirty, forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. because they had given it to HSM. When they give to HSM, they give me an account and I pay was paying into this account. Mm-hmm. Honey, I call them, I say, sell it. And I could tell you something. Mm-hmm. I will get that and much more from you. When I send the account until mm-hmm. today, they never apologized. They never said one word. Everything just smoothed out. Mm-hmm. But I still had interest that I had to pay that was on there. And they mm-hmm. never removed it. 
Yeah. So sometimes when people say that you got a bad account with a bank, sometimes you, it, it's not always true. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. understand? Because I had only that I had the proof that I had where I was depositing or transferring the money to. Mm-hmm. My property could have been sold. If someone calling to Joyce and you have the property for sale, like mm-hmm. this, what you said? I said, you're crazy. Wow. I said I had owed him a month or two and I long time paid or whatever. Oh my gosh. And girl, when I find out they had it for true, I sent my son, he sent the pictures, and mm-hmm. there it was. And I was transferring into and the And they, they, they didn't even tell you? No. No. Wow. Never got anything. And guess what? They had it under um, priced. They had like my property at the time was like when the last one I got was over a million dollars. They had it for six hundred and something thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, ma'am. So you see, mm-hmm. they had the people set up. They had just put up the sign when the person passed, and see, I'm putting up the sign, but they should have sell it. And these are the things that's going on in the yes. island. Yeah. That's why our people are suffering, and they mm-hmm. they can't afford a lawyer. If they can't afford, they rent. It's hard to afford a lawyer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they don't have a mouth sometimes to go and mm-hmm. talk, you know, the way. And we got to start standing up for the less fortunate mm-hmm. in this little island mm-hmm. here. Thank you and have a wow. blessed weekend all. Thank you so much, my dear. Yes, darling. Okay, bye-bye. All right, dear. Some real horror stories um, when it comes to banking, that's for sure. And um, I mean, I can't believe that somebody would put your house in foreclosure and not even send you proper notice. I mean, the least you can do is tell somebody that you're doing it. You know, because like she said, they actually were in the wrong. They'd gotten it wrong. The payments had been made. Wow. Uh, Ervalyn says Scotia is like that. Mm, oh, mess. Uh, Jim says cashiers at grocery stores need some customer service training as well. Rarely a smile or a hello or a thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, hot mess. Uh, Everton says not even a private lender would want to take such a risk unless you have some collateral that I can haul that will cover the beam. Um, and, you know, listen, <laughs> banks are going to get their collateral. You better believe it. Um, sometimes they, they want to hold more than what you think they should be able to hold in terms of collateral property. Joy Sand says that uh, when RBC was run by Mr. Harry Chisholm, it was the best bank. And then they had officers like Miss Elizabeth Smith, Janet Watla, Carol Scott, uh, that is still there. It was a great bank. Uh, been there over 20 years. Well, I know Miss Janet has gone. I don't know about Miss Carol and Elizabeth, but I know Miss Janet Watler has retired. Um, she's enjoying being a grandma these days. Congratulations to her. Lisa says, agreed. When compliance became hot and heavy in the Cayman Islands, there was no platform to educate the people. Uh, they were being asked for documents that they've never heard of, especially money transfers, etc. And at one time, they could have literally said, I'm a dog sending money to a cat. And that was it. Transaction successfully sent. <laughs> uh-huh. And Lisa's not kidding either. Um, so, yes, there's been a lot of tightening up that has happened. And, you know, even in the world of, tra- of compliance, folks, you are doing a transaction now with, um, you know, even real estate transaction. There's certain things that the realtor has to do, certain compliance things. And, you know, you're sending it from one bank account. They need to do compliance on you. If it's coming from a business account, they need the compliance in the business. You know, it's, these are the things that are required. Multiple IDs and this and that and blah, blah, blah. All right. Everton says, I exactly, I understand exactly what the caller is saying, but it's everywhere. You have the same problem. 
people like um or like Jacqueline and Jacqueline and Mr. Hyde. Is it Jekyll, Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or something? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? People are not obligated to represent the establishment. That's why when it comes to me, I have to be a good representative to my business because the reflection left on my business. So that doesn't mean somebody who worked for me will think the same way. I think they can't, I think they don't care about my business. All they care about is getting a salary and that is... And that's it getting there. I think I kind of understand what you're saying, but that one was a bit convoluted. Um, Kevron says, no, don't agree. We came at it just as bad, if not worse, with customer service, especially in government. Um, I think it just depends on who you get and what day you get them on. If they're having a bad day, without a doubt, sometimes the customer service can be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Horrendous. Um, it can be very, very, very bad. And I, I make observations about customer service all the time. And then there are some people who just go out of their, out of their way to make sure you have such a pleasant experience. Right. And you feel like, my gosh, these people should be CEO of the company. Um, because they really do care and you can pick that up from their demeanor, the way that they speak to people, and so on. And it, it's all over the place. It's in restaurants. It's in, um, you know, she's everywhere. Hospitals, like I was just talking this morning, had great care. But, you know, people have different experiences. And I think that what you need to do is call out individuals when they're not providing you with good experience. Because here's the thing. As... um. Everton is saying, you represent that brand. So when I go to CNB and I go up to Teller, if that Teller is having a bad day and then they're taking it out on everybody else, right? I don't look at that Teller as an individual. I'm looking at them as a representation of Cayman National Bank or Royal Bank of Canada or Scotia Bank or wherever it is that you are, right? They're at work. They're in their work attire. They represent that bank. And so if you go into institutions and people are always there with, you know, um, as Caymanians would say, a screw face, and they're looking unpleasant and unhappy, and they can't even give you a little bit of good morning, how are you? You know, a little something, a little pep in their step, a little pep in the voice, something, um, you know, you, you walk away going, uh, yeah, CNB offers horrible customer service when it's that person, but that person represents CNB, right? Um, I mean, in a former life, I did professional development training. We had customer service training, professional training for supervisors. And I was always shocked, even with people in their phone mannerisms. Like when you call people, and that's your work phone, whether it's a cell phone or it's like a, a desk line or whatever, you know, when you answer it, you can hear the person smile in their voice if they're smiling, right? And a lot of people don't get that. They're so dry and mundane and I'll allow like, you're bothering me. What do you want? Sometimes they don't even have a professional greeting. Have you ever called someone? This happens a lot when people are using one phone for personal phone calls and for business, construction workers, landscapers, all these people. And when you call them, they're like, hello. I, I, it has happened to me countless times. I'm like, uh, is this so-and-so business? And they're like, oh, yeah, how can I help? I'm like, you know, you should have a professional greeting when you answer the phone. 
You're choosing not to have a separate line for your phone, uh, for your business, right? So when you answer the phone, the least you could do is a good morning. This is Sandra. How can I help? Whether it's a personal call or not, because then you're always covered because that could be a customer. I'm not your friend. I don't want to, hello, who who this is? Uh, Is this ABC business? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The first impression is so poor. Even people at their desk, you call and they answer the phone and you're like, um, what department is this? You would think they were answering their personal phone. And one of the worst things that happens is you get distracted when you're at work sometimes and you just grab up the phone. You need to take a minute and pause and be conscious, like living in the moment before you pick up that phone. If you're going to answer and some of y'all don't like to answer phone calls, not at all. That's a whole other issue with poor customer service. But answer the phone professionally. I'm going to tell you a story. A couple months ago, I went into a place, a telecom place. And um, the staff members were saying how um, they were short-staffed because one person who was supposed to be there, she um, had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, that's TMI. I don't need to know where she's gone. All you have to say, she's unavailable right now. Can somebody else help you? Or, you know, she stepped out. She'll be back in a few minutes. She was like, oh, I got to go take, oh, oh my gosh, I was short staff and I've been sitting here all day. I got to go pee pee. Can you just wait till I come back? And everybody out in that telecom customer service area overheard that. We were all like, oh, okay. Poor you. Hurry up and run to the bathroom. Empty your bladder, honey chill. But that's TMI. We didn't need to know that, you know, and I get that she's young, but, you know, you put these young people in these positions, they don't have any customer service training. They don't know what's appropriate. Like they call for the boss and they're like, oh, the boss gone out with his mistress for lunch, honey child. I can't tell you when he gonna be back, you know, because he like take two hours for lunch. It's like, what? Mm-mm. Training, training and more training. Um, good morning to Audrey. Audrey say they hire people in customer service. Uh, that can't even speak English. Well, that's a whole other topic, but yes, that's a problem too. Um, what a hot mess. Dean says, excellent customer. <laughs> Sorry, that sneeze just came out of nowhere, honey chair. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Um, <laughs> excellent customer service, says Dean may be a scarce commodity worldwide. What a hot mess. Juanita says, Sandy, I have two seeds in the morning. Two seeds? Two seeds. What does that have to do with the bank? What am I missing here? Mm-mm. Vanessa says, that's why I moved from Scotia Bank. I noticed my camera focus is jumping. Hold on one second. Let me check something. Uh-huh. Alejandro, uh, Ms. Vernita says RBC had an employee who they tried to cover it up, who stole like a million dollars, and then they still wanted her customers to pay it back. May I ask you all who is responsible for paying it back? When when was that? That was a recent theft? Um, hmm. I mean, listen, banks take on certain risk with staff as well. And if staff steal from people, 
Uh, the customers can't be on the on the hook for that. The customers can't be responsible for that. So I don't I don't know when that was and what RBC talking about, but I know I wouldn't be paying that back. But I don't know. I don't necessarily know when that was or anything. Um, why is it the Scotia Bank by Hurley's only have one teller for the last six months? Because they, remember they they're going um, tellerless where they actually don't want you coming in there for those services. They want you to do like um, deposit drop off and stuff. Aren't they supposed to be cashless now is what they're calling themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean says caller hence one of the reasons why I appreciate Sandra Hill and the cool hard truth. She has a voice for the voice. So thank you, Miss Dean. Miss Juanita says, Mr. Elizabeth Smith, isn't there any more? Isn't there anymore? Either she was either. Okay, she wasn't there anymore either. She was the people's choice. Okay. Got another caller. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy Dexter here. Um, happy Friday, Mr. Know, Dexter. Happy Friday to you too. May you live to see about a thousand more, you know, or mm. even more than that. Thank you. Um, customer service, people got to understand it's not treating your customers as a number. You treat customers with respect, which they deserve, because they are the ones that are paying your salaries. Mm-hmm. I used to be in the water sports business. I don't no knowledge of customer service. I never took a course on customer service yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But where my clientele respected me because I treated them like a human being. I didn't treat them as Barclays, uh, having Barclays Bank written on their forehead. Uh, the first thing I did when I came, entered water sports business, I've never been in anything else rather than trucking or whatever, that if a family with children come on board, the uh-huh. first thing the first thing I would do was to interact with the children. Uh-huh. Because if you interact with the with the mother and father and forget the children, because uh-huh. uh-huh. most of the time the children are brought there, the, the father and parents want the children to experience this, and you giving them a bad experience by ignoring them. You know, these are the things that people have to understand about customer service. You can be taught all the customer service from from Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. If you do not give good service. I remember there was a Jamaican guy. This was where the, the ship was in the port. And I said, I almost called his name. I said, I hear the gay ship is in the port. Boy, I mean, I'm going out with them body, man, you know. I said, let's put it this way. If you're working with this person, I know this person, either you go out or you don't. And he went out that evening when he when I saw him after he did his tour. Mm-hmm. I said, how did the body man treat you? Boy, did nobody ever pay me so the, the tips were so good. Mm. I said, start respecting people. 
You do and, not. And, and, and perhaps that term that you've just used is not a term of respect because no. um, members of the LGBT community wouldn't appreciate that. Just FYI, that's considered a derogatory term, but go on. I know I only spoke what he told What he me. said to you. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 that is something that I, I don't, I don't, I respect everybody. I don't care where you're from. Yeah. Or what nationality you are, I respect everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it. Sometimes you go into a supermarket, and you see people. They look depressed. Mm-hmm. It, they like the the uh, people that are doing uh, packing the shelves or mopping mm-hmm. the floor or vacuuming the floor. Go up to them and say, "Listen, I've been watching you. You're doing a wonderful job. Uplift them. Don't don't put them down." Because they might say something that is that they misunderstood what you said to them, and they go to the supermarket supervisor and and say, "Listen, you know this man is rude to me." Mm-hmm. But these these are the things that you don't wait until somebody does something bad, or you think they do something bad. You uplift people, and I've I've never had one person yet. That I I've, I've spoken to about doing a great job. I said, you like, like Foster's. I said, well, they wouldn't come and mop the floor. So you're mm-hmm. doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here if the floor was dirty. So you are doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 Sandy, you can be trained all you want. It's just a matter of being disciplined enough to to know what good customer service, good common sense, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. not common these days. These are the things that people got to to get into their head. And mm. and and it nothing disgusts me more. I go to a place and say, well, I need this item. Boy, down there, and and that's not my department. I said every department, I mm-hmm. told that to one, I told that to one guy working at, at Gail Thompson's other day. I said, this this building is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. No, if you want to excel in 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 getting into managerial position, mm-hmm. you treat it with respect. Know yes. every everything about that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So customer service, you know, it's it's not just having a, a university degree in the country customer service mm-hmm. it's about good common sense and respect yes if you do not respect people mm-hmm. you never excel and but it but my wife told me she says you can be the richest person in the world mm-hmm. if you do not have the discipline to manage your finances you have nothing you can lose everything but you can be the poorest person in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you have the discipline to manage your finances you can get, you can be the richest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sunday, I won't bore you anymore. I'll, I appreciate, I appreciate the call. wasn't boring at all. Thank you so much, my love. Okay, and, and my apologies to, to you know the gays and lesbians. I, I did, I didn't say it. Yeah, I, 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 I understand you were just repeating what the person said. I yeah. just repeated what he said. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't treat people that kind of way. Yes, thanks, my dear. All right, then, Sandy. Have a good weekend. Okay, there. Same to you. Okay, bye. All right, caller, good morning. Welcome to the program. 
Yeah. Um, I, I loved Mr. Dexter's call. I remember when he was in water sports. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was reminded from listening to your program um, mm-hmm. about something that Mr. Billy Adam had shared with me a while back. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the details of it that like the wording that well, mm-hmm. but it had to do with a, a I think it was a an ad from like the 1930s mm-hmm. in Little Cayman. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stood out about it to me was how they really understood this concept of customer service mm-hmm. and how, how, how they genuinely, like the words just was just saturated with genuine, genuine appreciation mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the people who visited Little Cayman. Mm. And it, it was, it, it's more like, it's, it's not like they're a customer. It was more like, these are my friends that I'm entertaining. Mm-hmm. Right. That that was the that's the mindset. Mm. And what has happened to the tourism product and and other products in Cayman mm-hmm. is that we have lost that specialness, that genuineness in customer service. Mm-hmm. And and in some respects, this has to do with us um, employing people who don't have didn't have that to begin with. Right. But even but even Caymanians that had it, mm-hmm. we have managed to lose it hmm. in many respects. Mm. And if if we want to be a leader in in the world of um, customer service, mm-hmm. we really need an overhaul. Mm-hmm. Seriously, need an overhaul because and and I hear the comments about it. Like you know, if you go to government, see the difference with government is that you have a mechanism by which you can complain and and seek to have a matter addressed yes. which you don't have in the private sector right yeah right? cuz there's but, no but better like business that. bureau there's yeah. no there's nothing really well 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 the chamber will clean to be filling that role for businesses mm-hmm. um, but who holds themselves accountable mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that that that's that's the that's the the problem but but the point the point i want to make is that the poor customer service in the private sector is going to f- affect all of us mm-hmm. it's not just about them and their business mm-hmm. it impacts us all yes and and i hope that good customer service uh will return to the cayman islands so that we can go back to having that warm, friendly environment that we used to have and not the hostility that we have today. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Take care. Appreciate the phone call. 936-2626, folks. Um, yeah, with, without a doubt, uh, I think all of these callers have made some fantastic points. In fact, Jim says um, you can train some people and they still don't offer it. Wow. What a hot mess. Mm-mm. Uh, Sion says, Sandy, did you change the topic or are you going over time? Um, we still have an hour left, so we got plenty of time left in the show. 
So I don't think we're going to need any overtime today. Um, Irvlin says South Sound Branch gone fully Canadian. That's how they operate in Canada. Them not want to talk to anyone. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Are Canadians known for being rude? Good morning, caller. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Good morning. Happy Friday to you. Thank you, darling. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Um, customer service. Well, it's our Achilles heel. You know, you know, it it really doesn't take much to say hello to somebody. I know, right? And it doesn't take much to say thank you. Yeah. And if I go in a store and nobody bothers to say anything to me, mm-hmm. and they're really not doing anything, I turn around and walk out. Mm-hmm. There's competition. You can go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And that you're putting these people on the front line. And they can't even offer that to a customer. Mm. Why bother? Yes, it's a good question. I take pride. I take a lot of pride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My staff takes a lot of pride, or at least I hope they do. Mm-hmm. When I'm around, they do. Yeah. But I, I, I can't babysit either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just like grocery stores, I will um, interact with the cashier because they don't even say hello. Mm. I say hello to them. How is how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. I can't wait for lunch. Oh, I can't wait till I get off. Blah blah blah. You can blah, imagine. Blah. Great, great customer service. Yeah. And then they expect you automatically. They expect you to bag your own groceries, which I don't mind bagging my own groceries. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily be my job mm-hmm. to bag my groceries when they are providing a particular service. Mm-hmm. There's just different things that we could do to step it up a notch, especially since we are so huge in the tourism, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just to make people feel a little bit more welcome. Yes, agreed. And if if an employer, a business owner cannot teach and hold these employees' hands to the fire by teaching them the right from the wrong, the proper way to say hello and thank you, mm-hmm. that then they themselves shouldn't be in business or running a business. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you very much. And thank I you, Carla. Yes. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I've, I've heard no lies being told here today, folks. Um, it really does come down to, um, and it's a simple things, you know, being able to greet people properly, like I said, whether it's in person or on the phone, not being distracted. You ever walked up to, you know, a customer service desk or desk and they're, they're obviously occupied doing something else. And so they can't even pay attention to you. They can't even give you the time of day that happens. Yes. All the time. Um, so you know, I, I think that uh, there's something to be said for that. Um, this person says Canadians are the worst to work with. All experience with them has been piss poor. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, they also go on to say, I went to a fast food place to buy coffee and the price increased a bit. I said to the attendant, but it was only X amount last time. She responded uh, in with a snotty attitude. Well, it's not that today. I told her, well, I guess I won't be buying coffee from there again. Um, Went to Cafe Del Sol, paid a bit more for way better coffee and customer service. And I will tip and pay well for great quality customer service. What a hot mess. 
Yes, sir. Uh, this person says Canadians are totally known for being sarcastic, rude, and know-it-alls. You can read that anonymously. Frigging sickening bunch. Well, most. <laughs> oh, my God. Woo! Hot mess. Mm -mm. Y'all not into the Maple Leaf Mafia? Yes, honey chill. Uh, wow. No, sir. Okay. Mm-mm. One mess. Ay, ay, ay. Um, <laughs> our Canadian friend. Sound like y'all got something to answer for, honey chill. Anywho, all right. Um, good morning, Siobhan, Darlene. Good morning. And sometimes just a, a good morning goes such a long ways. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Darlene says, Sandy, I uh, when I trained as a switchboard operator at the Ritz, we were placed in front of mirrors for the same reason, to see your reflection, just saying that so maybe it will be used in some establishment. They're good techniques to training people, but I, I reckon they're all out the door. Um, Beatrice says, MoneyGram, Central Georgetown. Where are they located? MoneyGram, MoneyGram. Central Georgetown. Where exactly are they located? I don't even know. But she says, it's a painful affair. Talk about super poor, slow customer service. One hour in the line, waiting in con as conversations, chatting continue unabated. <laughs> Single teller while the line is long beyond the door. Whoa. Maybe they have an online option. Nadine says, every job is very important. It's not good to put down anyone. Good morning to Mark. Says, no, Sandy. They have been short, short there. Short three supervisors advise me they've been asking for more staff for weeks and upper management have not responded. Oh, this is Royal Bank um, Grand Harbor. So they're short staff and they can't get more people. What a hot mess. No, sir. Morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy Dixie here. In defense of, of Canadians, <laughs> not <you can't. laughs> a bad, one bad apple spoils the whole crate, according to some people. Oh, God. And you cannot say these are bad apples. The whole crate is, is, is bad. I used to go to Canada until the COVID hit. Uh -huh. And all the services that I've gotten in in the the um because my wife she loved to go in hardware stores. Uh -huh. <laughs> is your is your wife Canadian stores. by any chance? Oh yeah, she's she's, she's Canadian. Um, she's from a place called uh, she's from a place that's connected to Canada but not part of Canada. It's called Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the, uh -huh. is the service that I've gotten at the restaurants, uh -huh. I never had any problems with the Canadians at uh -huh. all. Uh -huh. I remember going. But but let me ask you this question because I think what people are talking about here are Canadians it, in Cayman, not Canadians yeah. in Canada. No, that is a different. Right. A different. Because it seems because like some Canadians, they come here with a certain chip on their shoulder and a certain attitude. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But not all of them. Yeah. We're not We're not going to say all about anybody. Just, know, just, just like we can't say all about Caymanians, Filipinos, Jamaicans, you know. And it only takes 20% to, to spoil the whole bunch. So you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. 
but the thing about it is uh, when we went up, this is probably about five years ago or, or longer, we did a, a, a car tour of the Maritimes. We went through mm-hmm. um, um, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, um, Cape Britain, and it was the most beautiful uh, journey that I have traveled on. And this makes me emotional. I was, every night we tried to stay, we, we wouldn't stay in one, one area, uh, no more than uh, just, just overnight. We, I saw a little place, uh, a sign, vacancies, because we had, this was just before the, the dark, and I saw the place, uh, vacancies, Helena, apartments or whatever they were. We went and uh, checked them out, went to the main house. One or two cars were there mm-hmm. and we knocked at the door. Nobody answered. We went to the apartments. The apartments uh, had some had vacancies and some didn't have vacancy signs. And I said to my wife, we got to find a place. Let's go inside and see how this looks. So we went in and the fridge was had groceries in it. On the shelf was groceries. And I thought, we better get the hell out of here because is somebody going to shoot us? I turned around and the table that I didn't initially see, which was hidden by the door, um, had on, on that table had a legal size piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And on it, Sorry, we're out for the night. We're sorry we missed you. Make yourself at home. And if and if we don't see you in the morning, leave the money on the table. Mm-hmm. That brought back so much memories of what came and used to be. You don't find that anymore. Mm-hmm. It was about trust. And I told my wife, I says we're gonna stay there two or three more days, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the next, the next morning, I went and met the lady Helena. She was married to a German guy, and she says, "I'm going out to my garden now. You want mm-hmm. to come and and just help yourself?" Mm. So she had some of the most beautiful tomatoes I've ever seen in my life. So I said, "Helena, would mm. you? Can I have? Can I have a tomato?" She says, "I didn't tell you we had to ask from." help yourself mm-hmm. you know and and these are the things the beauty about traveling to places like that you just don't stay in a big city mm-hmm. you travel to places that nobody else goes to mm. you know and these are the things these are the memories that i've had of canada but coming back i met some canadians that i i don't want to ever see again but but you know two angry people don't make don't don't solve any problems. You as the intelligent one, if somebody gets angry with you, mm-hmm. don't lower your standards to them. Mm-hmm. Bring them down. Bring them. Bring them up to where you're at. Because mm-hmm. negativity negativity spreads worse faster than wildfire. Yep. So true. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. I never call you back. 936 <laughs> 2626. 
um, is the telephone number. Thank you, Mr. Dexter. Have a good weekend. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears a little bit here, folks. Um, Alejandro is saying that he, uh, one time he went to Jan Money uh, before COVID and they refused my voter's ID because it doesn't have an expiration date on it. And that is true. All um, what they need is not just a government issued ID of some sort, but it has to have an expiration date on it. Um, that's a requirement across the board. So, you know, that's, it is what it is. And if it's expired, they can't take it either. All right, folks, we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back and talk about the situation um, in East End, what went down this morning. We got the full sus for you. Tell your friend to tune in if they want to know. This person says no respect to Mr. Dexter, but came out appears to attract the bottom of the barrel of any given nationality. <whistles> yes, sir. Hot tamales. Ay, 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 caramba. Um, I think it's true. We get the worst and the best sometimes. So I'm not going to say that that's all that we're attracting, but we attract a fair number. And for a population this size, it doesn't take much to come in contact with those people. It's like the Jimenez of the world from Ecuador at Palm Heights and all the managers of Palm Heights who have no respect for anyone and just totally disregard their workers. And, you know, even I'm hearing that even their guests have been complaining to people about hearing staff members fighting and bickering. And, you know, yeah, we, we, we see a lot here for such a small little place. And it's very, very unfortunate. I hope we can step up our um, customer service game um, on all levels, you know. It is what it is, honey, Jim. Uh, you know, I have a little company, uh, my little real estate business. I don't have a whole lot of customers, but I tell you what, I really pride myself in offering the best possible customer service. And my customers will tell you all the time, oh, Miss Sandy, you know, thank you so much. Um, you know, I've got customers with varying levels of technical um, knowledge and understanding. And so sometimes I have to break things down to them. There's sometimes when I actually have to go to somebody's house and sit down with them and show them things, right? And if that has to be done, then that has to be done. Other times I can remotely log in and resolve a problem, explain things to them. And, you know, my customers tell me all the time, one thing with you, you got excellent customer service. And I said, thank you very much because your reputation should be king when it comes to your business. It is what it is. Now, my reputation and what I do here in this platform is a little bit different. This is a different kind of platform. So I'm aware sometimes I do things that upset you guys. And in an instance like that, I'm not necessarily going to be bothered. You're, you're a customer, but indirectly, if you know what I mean. So sometimes I just have to put my foot down. I know y'all don't like it. I had to block somebody the other day and y'all like, oh, you shouldn't block her for typing in all caps. I'm like, listen, this woman has been warned for months. She's been asked repeatedly, don't do it. It's considered rude. And she has ignored every single request. So the day Sandy gets up and say, okay, I've had enough. And I block somebody. Don't y'all be looking for me like, oh, Sandy, that's bad customer service. That's when Sandy's going to tell you. In that instance, when it comes to CMR platform, I don't care. I block people if they need to be blocked. And if you ask somebody nicely 15, 20 times, please stop typing in caps or please be respectful of others, there's going to come a day when I'm going to stop talking. Remember, remember what Aunt Lottie used to say? She's going to talk and she's going to talk and then she's not going to talk no more. And then the day the action going to come, you're not going to like it. And consequences are going to flow. I got two little funny videos for you. Then we're going to have a commercial break and I'm going to break down what happened in East End. Here's a good one. I think we played this one before. Um, 
<laughs> Darlene says, Sandy, are you looking around as if you saw a flying object just now? No. No, I was looking at my other screen. Remember, I have two, two screens here on either side of me. And then I've got the camera like that's in the middle. So sometimes you'll see me looking directly at the camera and I'm talking. And then sometimes I'm checking messages because this monitor over here has the show WhatsApp. So sometimes people are messaging here, messaging, sorry. Um, this person said from 802, and I'm just checking this message. Good morning, Sandy. Thanks for sharing your story. Hearing other stories uh, makes a world of difference to me having hit the big 5-0 last November. Dr. Pooja is also my OBGYN and she's great, like you. No major life changes as yet, but anxiously await menopause phase, <laughs> which I've heard so much about over the years. We need to have more open conversations on such topics. Yeah, I'm not afraid of menopause. In fact, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, that next phase in my life. I'm like, bring it on. Bring it on. All right. Um, but thank you again. Um, Cameron says, take your feelings and go tell someone who cares. Sandy, the best. Yes, I must tell you that when it comes to CMR, I'm a totally different cup of tea. I hope you all get that by now. And it's not that I'm trying to be rude. Like some people thought because I posted that we had blocked that lady from the brack who's always typing in caps that, oh, I was like trying to like be rude to her, show her up. Well, she's not even going to see the message. It's not directed at her. It's directed at other people who get warnings and don't listen. If I issue you a warning, uh, you should take heed. Because if you don't take heed, when I block you, all the crying in the world, and everybody's like, oh, Sandy, that's not very nice. Uh, Sandy isn't going to give two cahoots. I'm going to be like, I don't care. Okay? Um, somebody else says, um, uh, her Dr. Pooja is, What? No, 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 no. Hold on. But I, I, I'm not even going to read that on air. You let me confirm that. Ooh, honey, shell. We, we got to get this information accurate. Uh, mm -mm. This person said, I went to college with a girl from Quebec. When I said, oh, you're from Canada, she politely corrected me to say, no, I'm from Quebec. <laughs> okay, Canadians. I don't know what that's all about. I'll leave that hot mess for y'all. But here's, here's sometimes what happens when you have um, companies and people working in your companies. This is, this is what you're hiring. Can you work uh, weekends? No, no, I can't work no weekends. There's too much going on right now. Some, mm -mm. You, know, some you know what I'm saying? Events be going on. I got to be outside with everybody else. So no, ma'am, I can't work weekends. At okay. All. Don't ask me no more respectfully. Oh my okay, God. no problem. Uh, overtime. Can you, Can you work overtime? Not wanting to work uh, weekends? Basically, again, weekends, they kind of they kind of run hand in hand. So I know I can't work no overtime either. You know what I'm saying? I can work my schedule. You know, whatever that schedule, I can work there. But other than that, you know, right. as far as helping all the company needs and y'all being short staffed, that's on y'all about it. I ain't got nothing to do with me. You right. So I come do my time and go on by my business. You okay, know, well, so that's fine. Overtime that's fine. We'll deal with it. Can we depend on you to complete assignments alone? I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, y'all can, yeah, for sure. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, long as it ain't no, nothing like, you know what I'm saying, y'all trying to get over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's something, something y'all don't want to do. Or oh, of course get to not. Person, y'all just kind of throw it on me. You know what I'm saying? Knowing it's a crazy assignment. You know what I'm saying? It's on some get over type, you know? Right. Other than that, yeah, y'all can, yeah. Right. I um, get it. Do you have transportation? If not, it's fine. Oh, I mean, I do. I got a little wheel. 
Okay. But they be tripping sometimes. You know, I got I think it's my timing belt. Uh, but other than that, I can walk or I can get my baby mama car if she ain't at work. But if she ain't working, I can probably walk. But if I don't feel like walking, I might just call in. Okay, that's fine with me. Um, can we depend on you to uh, greet the customers uh, coming in? I mean, it really depends on how I'm feeling. I don't like people all the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have to show them what stuff is, but I don't, I can't guarantee I'm speak to them all the time. You know what I'm saying? I just can't. My God. Imagine he's applying for uh, someone who desperately needs a job part two, um, applying for a customer service job. And he talking about he don't want to talk to customers. What the heck? No, sir. Uh, he would definitely not be hired, folks. What a mess, I tell you. The things you hear. All right, let's take a um a quick commercial break. And um, Ms. Vernita says, yes, Miss Sandy gives the best customer service. Love it. And speaking of that, Ms. Vernita, coming to see you today. You are on my to-do list. Um, so I will see you later on. Thank you. I appreciate the love. Um, Everton says it's a joke. A good one, Sandy. Yeah, I know it's a joke, but I feel like sometimes it's so true because, boy, I tell you, they seem like they don't want to. They don't want to work. Okay, here's another good one about the market price of lobster. I'm really about sometimes you go in again, customer service, you're asking for something, this is what you're going to get. It's market price, which is, I'd have to check. Is that some sort of rich person thing to order without knowing the price? I'll have the lobster. Okay, one lobster. No, 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 we want to know the price first. It's based on the market. What market? Yo, Kenny. Hello? Guy wants to know the price of lobster. Tell him it's market price. Yeah, he's a little slow. What's it at now? Market's been crazy today. It's at two ninety eight. No, no. Now three hundred. Three hundred dollars. One lobster. One lobster? No, 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 no. Three hundred? Now it's three hundred five. It just increased. It's the market. Now it's at three hundred six. Okay, okay. I want to lock in that price. Okay, one lobster at three hundred six. Oh no. Market crashed. We've lost your lobster. What? It's how the market works. So I'm down $306. I could give you an off-the-market lobster, but it's not from the wild. So farm-raised, city-raised, organic, genetically modified. Mmm, sounds tasty. No, it doesn't. Can we just see the lobster before we buy it? What's up? Ew, Lord. let's get out of here. One lobster to go, please. <laughs> and the girlfriend is like, she doesn't care. She's like, one lobster to go, please. After all that, can you imagine? OMG. That is so cray cray. Oh, lobster, lobster um, being uh, market price. What a mess. The things that you see, I got to tell you. Mm -mm -mm. Seriously. Anyway, commercial break, folks. We'll be right back after these brief messages. A few drops of blood. That's all we're asking for step three of the STEPS 2023 National Health Survey. These will help to measure the national prevalence of raised blood sugar and cholesterol, which will shape our healthcare services, our interventions, our prevention and education programming. Help us shape Cayman's healthcare services. Say yes to step three. For more information, contact the STEPS team on 936-4969. Hi, I'm Leah Archibald. I graduated from UCCI with a bachelor's degree in business administration, and now I have my master's degree from Nottingham Trent University in the UK. I chose to study local and go far. Right now, UCCI is accepting applications for their fall 2023 semester. Do you want to study local and go far? You can with a world-class university right here at your doorstep. To learn more, visit ucci.edu.ky. Classes start August 28th. 
Steps participant. If you're wondering why the Steps team can't get your blood sugar or cholesterol data directly from your doctor, the answer is simple. Your personal medical information is private and confidential. This is why we need you to participate in Step 3 so that we can collect the data we need with your informed consent. So please say yes to Step 3. For more information, call the STEPS team, 936-4969. For 20 years, we've committed to helping the people of the Cayman Islands live longer, healthier, and happier lives. But health care and the expectations of patients are rapidly evolving, and so must we. We have made incredible clinical and technological advancements and achieved JCI accreditation, the internationally recognized gold seal of approval for patient safety and quality of care. So it's time for our image to reflect our transformation from a local hospital to a world-class healthcare authority with a new logo that symbolizes national duty and pride, a statement that reinforces our commitment to our patients every step of the way with colors as bold as our mission to provide the highest quality health care. Dynamic, professional, skilled, committed, caring. This is HSA. Meanwhile, at the Burger King's castle. Underling, what news? Sire, behold, the fiery jalapeno cheese. You might say it's jalapeno. Please don't, sire. It's jalapenos with spicy cream cheese sauce and American cheese. And it's jalapeno. Please, sire. Introducing the new fiery jalapeno cheese at Burger King. Flame grilled patties covered in jalapenos. Spicy creamy cheese sauce and American cheese. Available in extra long and king size for a limited time only. Grab it late at Seven Mile Beach or Red Bay. Open till midnight Thursdays and 1 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. It's jalapeno face. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack right on the bluff starting from eighty thousand dollars located in a quiet residential area with high elevation these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast cayman brack offers a laid-back lifestyle amazing pristine diving limestone caves diverse flora along with amazing wildlife inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today with only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, good people, let's talk about what, what a guan in East End this morning. So the helicopter was up early this morning. There was some action in East End. Um, we obviously knew that something was going on, and a lot of people were um, messaging saying, hey, Sandy, the helicopter's up. What's going on? It was up quite early. I would say the crack of dawn. Um, so let me tell you what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. An arrest has been made. So apparently this area, Fiddler's, what's it called? Fiddler's Lane. They're in, um, 
in East End uh, seems to have a bit of a reputation in the area. Mm -hmm. And a woman has been arrested. Now, the Pope will probably get upset because we're telling you all this information, but you're here for real live um, updates. So I'm not worried about them getting upset. We're going to give it to you anyway. They have arrested her. Her name is Maria Burton. She has been arrested. They raided her yard, took all of her alcohol and cigarettes. I'm assuming when they say took all her alcohol and cigarettes, that means she was selling them illegally because it wouldn't be for personal use like that. Doesn't make any sense. So um, I don't know how much alcohol and cigarettes she had, but here she is, honey chill. She actually works at the government school, I understand, Miss Maria Burton. She's back home already. Take that. So she's back home. Well, that was short-lived. Um, they say that she works at East End Primary School, I believe, as a cook or chef or something there with the kids. And so um, they arrested her this morning, and um, they're saying that they arrested her for cigarettes and alcohol. Again, I don't know exactly what that means for selling liquor and cigarettes. And she cooks for the government school in East End. Mm -mm. Another source um, shared the following. Good morning. Yes, there was a search this morning about 20 police cars. 20 police cars for a woman that's selling cigarettes and, and liquor? Sounds like something else going on down that neighborhood. Um, we're involved in the drugs unit, firearm unit, CBC, CID. They had four warrants and was executed. They never found anything, mm, but they were looking. That's not somebody tipping them off of something, honey, jail. So they had four warrants, executed them, never found anything inside the house except the woman selling alcohol and uh, cigarettes, which they took away. That's it. This area is a big drug area. And um, police, and please, what? And a please, and a what? Something. And a place where all the Jamaicans that come in and vote to bring in drugs hangs out. Thanks to the RCIPS for make, taking a stand in East End. And I pray and hope that they get uh, the drugs and guns off the road in the East End streets. So um, that's what is said to be going on in that area. Now, we, um, somebody said just to be sure that her house was not the only one that was searched. Uh, there were multiple search warrants um, for different homes in the area. So um, she may not have been the, the real target. She might have just got caught up because she's not supposed to be selling liquor and alcohol. She probably doesn't have a license for that. But based on what I'm hearing here, it looks like the real targets probably uh, either lucked out or were tipped off that um, the police were coming. So they had the area cleared out. I get a lot of complaints from the people of East End, almost as bad as the people of Cayman Brack about the prevalence of drugs in their little community. And people seem to know, like this person said, exactly where the boat, the drug boats are coming into East End, where they're headed, where they're going. So RCIPS, CID, Drug Task Force, keep the pressure on. Y'all need to try and find yourself some undercover people to work these operations and you know be part of it from the inside to get you the convictions and the rest and stuff that you need as well. Um, somebody else mentioned that shots were fired up there last night. 
And that's probably why the police presence was there this morning. I wouldn't doubt it. Mm -hmm. I would not doubt it. What a hot mess. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, East End, such a small little sleepy district. Y'all going out with so much stuff up there. Seniors having to lock their doors at night because of the drugs and importation into um, that little community. Work with the police. Send your anonymous tips to Crime Stoppers. You know, uh, we've got to get these uh, importers and drug dealers out of our communities. What a mess. Um, apparently the house next to hers, do we know who lives in that? They had their front door kicked in by the police. So the house next to her, they kicked in the door of an older lady's house looking for her grandson. Mm-hmm. Y'all be harboring these criminals just because they're for you or for your child's child or whatever. Granny, don't be harboring no grandson up and there. You tell him stay away. Or you going to hit him with one rolling pin on top of his head while you making your, um, your cassava cake or whatever it is you're making up there in East End this weekend. Mm, I could go for a nice, um, you know what I just thought of? One of those nice macaroni cakes. What do they call them? Macaroni puddings? Oh my God. I need to message my aunt. She didn't make me no cake for my birthday this year. I got a bone to pick with her. Adonia? I would like a lemon cake, please. Oh my God. She makes like the best lemon cake. Oh my God. It's to die for. That's what I want for my birthday. Either a lemon cake or a biscuit cake. And of the two, I'd probably prefer the lemon cake, to be honest. Oh, Ooh, delicious. Anyway, let me not think about dessert. I tell y'all, i got a fancy palate when it comes to dessert now. Um, I've been seeing a lot of healthy dessert recipes that I want to try where you're substituting like no flour, no sugar. You're using things like ripe banana and other things to sweeten it. Anywho, um, Cameron says, anybody who's ever tried to buy fresh conch in October can relate to market price. Uh, what what's the season though for conch? I don't even know what the season is. I've only cooked conch once in my life. It actually came out pretty good, but uh, it was too much work. I was like, oh Lord, I can't be bothered for this little plate of conch. <laughs> All that pounding and and doing doing the um what do you call the dough? What came I didn't call it the pie? Oh geez, and my pie was a little bit thick. That was the only complaint that my uncle had. He tasted that time. He's like, boy, he said, Sandy, you got to season it down right. You know, use the peppers and everything. You got it right. But the pie is a little bit thick, so you're thinning that out and you're good. And then I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> um, Miss Morna, you know, it's $250 a pop for what? Conk? Mm, I don't know. I'd rather just go pay for a plate of it when I feel like it. Uh, Cameron says Popo knows everything that's going on in these types of criminal activities in Cayman. Well, they might know a lot, but they need the public's assistance. Ms. Sue says, sad how East End has now changed so much, sadly. Um, the people of East End need to take their communities back. Strong Wilt, I am not on a diet. I'm on a lifestyle change. A little bit of stew kunk every once in a while, I'm not going to kill you. A little bit of lemon cake for my 50th is not going to kill you either. I'm not eating it every day. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Alejandra says, I made some lovely chocolate chip cookies the other day. That would make you melt. Was it made uh, sugar-free? How did you make it? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me, Miss Morna. Hold on. Um, hold on, hold on. I got, I got, I got information for you. Where's my phone? I can get you all this information. One second, one second. Oh yeah. So the young man in East End, remember he, we spoke to him, I think it was last week. They had shut him down talking about, oh, he don't have this in place and that in place and um, whatever. I am happy to report, uh, remind me of his name again. He is back up and running and he is good to go. Hold on now. Uh, Jimin, yes. So he is operational again. Go and support him. He's got, um, hold on here now. I'll give you all the sus. Um, so he has roast Sundays are back. I'm going to post this up for him. He has um, different takeout services. Call to place your order. Oh, so, so he says at present, we can only offer takeout service. So I guess like he said, if he had removed a little sitting down seating thing, um, they wouldn't have an issue. So I guess he had to do that. He's probably still trying to, um, he's trying to still sort out the restaurant license that he needs. Cause it seems like once you sit down with your food, all of a sudden they want to categorize you as a restaurant. Mm, okay. Um, it was kind of nice to be able to sit down, but if you say so, um, so he's back this weekend. So go out uh, folks, give them a call. Check him out. He has really good. The roast kunk is off the chain. Delicioso. So uh, definitely check him out for that. I'm going to share his flyer for him on uh, on social media for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey, chill. Okay. Roast kunk. Mm. Oh, look at that. Oh, he just sent me a pot of it. Um, oh, my gosh. I got you all, I got you all the, the cooking. The good stuff when it's on the stove. Yes, honey child, it's, it's brewing. That that kunk that he makes, oh my God, that kunk soup is the best kunk soup. It's more like a kunk chowder, to be honest. But it is honestly the best that I have ever had. And it got real kunk in it too. Not no dough and whatever, where you can't even taste what's in it. All right, so he's back. Even if it's just um, takeout service, pop in. I, I only do takeout anyway because I like to come back home, kick out my feet. Um, jerk, roast Sundays back in business starting August the 27th. That's this Sunday. Um, come out. You can call in your orders. There's the mobile numbers. I would suggest, because they make everything fresh when you go there, it's like cooked, you know, they're not got it sitting down, um, waiting and getting spoiled up and whatever. Um, they're going to make it fresh. So I would say to um, definitely call in your order beforehand, and that'll give them a little bit of time to have it ready for you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-mm. I'm going this weekend. I don't know about anybody else, but I need some of that roast kunk, honey chill. Yes, sir. I just got a pot of the soup. Oh, my gosh. The soup looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can pull this up for you. It's eating bubbling over in the big pot. Mm. Honey chill. That stuff looks good. 
Thank you, um, sir. Appreciate uh, small business owners. Support them uh, where you can. So here's the, oh, there's going to be a rainy day too. Nothing like some good soup. Okay. There's the pot of soup. Yeah, boy, you put some good seasoning in that. Yeah, I can smell that now. I can taste it now. Looking good, looking good. Delicious. You need that with one little piece of fritter. And you're gone clear, honey chill. That's lunch. Done. Mm, mm, mm. Looks delicious. All right, good people. Uh, let me see. Um, Alejandro says no. His um, chocolate chip cookies had sugar and more. He doesn't spare the ingredients. Well, we're trying to cut back and, um, you know, do alternative options. And you, there's, I saw a chocolate chip cookie recipe that looked really good that it had no sugar in it. Like I said, I'm not a big, like, I don't necessarily, you know, I make brownies, like brownies is kind of my thing. People like the brownies, whatever. Um, and then I make my kind of biscuit cake, but not biscuit cake, um, custard top, but not really custard top. People love that. But I only do that on like special occasions and stuff. Um, but there's a couple of the other recipes I wanted to try because I do have a daughter and God knows she has a sweet tooth. So if I can give her like alternate options for things that she likes, but that are healthier, you know, she can enjoy it every once in a while. I'm trying to teach her, you can't have it every day kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. um, Cameron says, what an insult to young aspiring restaurateur. Burger shot by Lion Center, putting benches by the roadside. Sad, the fight is real. But their benches, I think, are really, and I, I mean, we don't know what kind of license they have, but their benches is just to sit down while you wait on your to-go order. It's not really designed for people to sit there and eat. Now, if you got a burger and you sat there and eat, is Burger Shack going to run you? I don't think so. But I also believe that Burger Shack is not um, soliciting people to like sit down with their with their orders, right? So um, good morning, caller. I'm live on radio. Are you trying to be on radio, honey Jaron? But you can't call me when I'm live and radio and you don't want to be on radio because I got to talk. Otherwise, they're going to cut me off the radio. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm peace. Try and behave yourself. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. But we can't have no long conversation. It's rude that you talking to me and the people are like, we can't hear the conversation. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Sir. All right, my dear. Okay, good. Um, that's somebody who had an opinion about something somebody said, but they want to tell me privately, but I'm on radio. I'm like, that's not going to work. Call me after the show. All right. Um, this person says, what's a good hosting server? What's a good hosting server for startup business that will store profile for users? What? And I can add as many as I, as I can add as I got more server space. Or do you have a recommendation for a plan for this? For a, a what? Mm -hmm. Hosting server? I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> Listen, I got to read this comment because that's exactly what the caller was calling about. Somebody else had the exact same thought. Oh my God. So this person says, morning, Sandy. I wonder if you can trust Alejandra's cookies. They might be loaded. That another caller, but she didn't want her voice to be heard on the radio, 
was basically saying the exact same thing. That's what I was saying to her. You can't be having this conversation with me as a side conversation during the show. Call me after the show has ended. Alejandro, people want to know what you're putting in your brownies. There, there it is. We put it out there. Are your cookies, your chocolate cookies, anything special in them? You're talking about they're loaded. Um, you don't spare the ingredients. They want to know what other ingredients might be in there. Um, Natasha says there were fire services, ambulances, and RCIPS and Outpost Road this morning. Any word on what's happening there? Oh, not yet, honey chow. But we will um, put some feelers out um, and see. Um, so this person says, well, uh, why you never got your cake from her is because she was on a cruise. My aunt went on a cruise? Huh? She went on a cruise and didn't tell me? No wonder I never get my um, lemon cake this year. Morning, caller. Good morning, Sunday. But why, why people always assume that I want poison them? <laughs> I think I think you should take it. Yes, I think you should take it. I think you should take it in jest. Like, don't don't get too up in your feelings no, about I, it. I, I I took that I took that very jokingly. You know, I like you know I like when people have that sense of humor. Just to, just to know that I'm not willing to poison anyone. That's all. You know. Thank you, Alejandro. We do have another. Yes, ma'am. We if, do if, have if another caller. Won't kill you. Uh, it won't kill me. It the won't the kill cookies me. won't All kill right. you. All right, Alejandro. If you're trying to call the show, it's nine threes. Yeah, but I can't. I'm I'm live. When I say I'm live on the radio, I mean I'm live like right now. Yeah, after ten thirty. Okay. Bye bye. Morning caller. Do y'all understand when somebody says they're live on the radio? What that means? It means I'm live on the radio and you're calling me for a private conversation that I can't engage in because I'm actually live on the radio. Caller, Buenos Dias. Yes, Sandy. Uh, somebody was telling me they did a survey in West Bay and they have more pedophiles and rapists hmm? any place else in this island. West Bay got them, you say? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I think, unfortunately, they're all over Look the place. The Look at the roosters. Um, <sighs> child, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see a Russia, not, not a pedophile. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Try and behave. We're trying to clean up our neighborhood. I don't, I don't watch them too carefully, but I've heard people say that they're disgusting. <laughs> and, and I, I, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, I just adopted, I just adopted a, a seven month old, um, I'm not annoyed, and believe me, he keeps the chickens and the roosters out of my yard, so I can plant. I can plant everything else now. Oh Lord, what a hot mess! All right, All right honey, you. thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks you too. Um, somebody said these are weed cookies. That that's what he makes. Edibles. There's a company called Edabella's. Those are weed cookies. Well, I gotta tell you the truth, they, they look goodish still. Um, they're shaped like um different things. Listen, I I poor Alejandro. What a mess. <laughs> uh, 
So my aunt is away on a cruise? Nobody told me. Mm-hmm. Now I never get no cake for true. Wow, good for her. Living her best retirement life. Love it. Can't blame her. All right. Um, Denver says loaded cookies have been a special ingredient, but not everyone enjoys the side effect or taste. Oh, she's back already? I gotta call her after the show today and say, Auntie, where where's my birthday cake, please? I'll be expecting it this weekend. Good morning, Miss Maria. She says, Sandy, I think it also depends on how you approach a person. Try smiling with a cheerful hello. Um, Joe, are you, oh, hello, how are you today? And in seconds, you're having a great conversation with a few laughs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Cameron says, boy, we have fun on Mall Road. If nothing else, at least you get a little laughing here and there. Okay, so somebody just sent me this. They said, whoever, this made me chuckle. They said, hope Regen got their money back for this printed ad. It's not good at all. And they sent it to me and I said, well, what's wrong with it? Because I can't really see. And they said, um, apparently the text, this is page 19 of the compass and page 20 is even worse. The topic is in focus and the images are not at all. And the writing is not in focus. I thought when the person sent it to me, I mean, I can see that the writing's not in focus, but I thought that that was, um, I thought that was just how the picture was taken. So I didn't realize. So the compass is printing stuff now that's not in focus. What the heck? They must have tried to tell you all to get glasses. Uh, but again, did you buy the compass this morning, young lady? Or you get it free where you're looking at it? Because um, I really don't don't know who reading the compass these days. I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be salty. I mean, it might be. It still might be a salty um, comment, but um, but the 26th is tomorrow. That's not today. Um, it might be a salty comment, but literally, I I don't picking up the compass. I don't know about the rest of you. Um. But yes, if you put an advert in a paper and it's not uh, in focus, you might be able to get a refund. I'm not sure. What a hot mess, honey chill. I'll send it to the premier because Regen is him. I guess he can speak to his chief officers about it. Uh, That's not my job, but I'll pass it along, honey chill. They said, this is not in focus at all, Sandy. What the heck? Uh, Sabrina, there was a raid in the East End. She said, what's going on? Hit that rewind button after the show. You'll get all the sus. Um, let me see here now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cameron says that he'd be looking forward to um, Fridays from the Monday. Hey, man, Aliana, we're a mess. Okay. So we're not going to go into any overtime today. I was tempted to call. Um, it's just that I have so much work to do today. I can't even be bothered. I was tempted to call Andres Butte because he claims that we must call him because you're getting it wrong and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, honey, chill if you say so. But I'm not, I'm not going to have time for him today. He'll have to wait for another day because that's a complete waste of time, I can assure you. Um. Oh, let me address. I will address something. We can keep it salty right up until 1030 then. Why not? Make the tea a little bit extra spicy today. 
We have uh, 11 minutes and 24 seconds left in the program. Woot, woot. Big shout out to Chuck. Chuck set me up with a nice timer. So now I can be really precise about when the show ends and starts. I don't know why we never thought about it before, but Chuck, it's a brilliant idea. Thank you so much because really appreciate you and all your hard work over there at DMS Broadcasting. But anyway, um, let's talk about um, a comment yesterday that I saw. You know, a lot of times I don't read your comments on social media. So if y'all are directing them at me and you're trying to be rude to me, you should probably know that chances of me seeing it are relatively slim because I have very, very important things going on. Okay. And I don't be down in the comment section because normally my position is you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, you're not entitled to your own facts, but you're entitled to your opinion. I don't have to like your opinion. I don't have to share your opinion. I mean, who cares really, right? It is what it is. So um, this post that we put up about this lady came in back, you know, I was typing in, in thing. I didn't realize it got so many comments. I was kind of scrolling through some of them last night. And honey child, I had to chuckle because um, Quince's mummy decided to come into the comment section and trying to get salty with people. And I just saw it. I don't even know what day. Um, oh, I guess she posted it earlier yesterday and I saw it last night. Anyway, this is what she had to say. Now, poor Miss Anne, I have a lot of sympathy for her and in a way, and then I don't. Because everybody knows Quincy is really rock bottom. I don't know how much lower he can go with the drugs and everything that he's on right now. He clearly has some serious issues that he can't get a grapple on. The government has tried. The people of the Cayman Islands have tried. You know, it's it's not a situation where people have not tried with Quincy. In fact, I have to take my hats off to, to Radio Cayman. You know, we talk about, oh, giving Caymanians an opportunity. He has had more opportunities than Quaker has oats. That is the God's truth. And he keeps managing to screw them up. Now, at some point, the opportunities run out, right? You can't expect people to just keep trying and trying. It's people that say, listen, I'm done. And when people are done, people are done. I think people are getting to that place now at Quincy where honestly, people are done. For years, people have been trying, send you to rehab, pay good money for you to go to Jamaica, to go here, to go there. And you somehow find crack up in Jamaica to be smoking in your room. You get kicked out of the of, of the program there. What more can people do? You need to be prepared um, to help yourself. And if you don't help yourself, then you know people are not going to be putting themselves in harm's way. So he's been on social media talking about the fact that um, apparently he's homeless now. And somebody said, oh, his mommy finally kicked him out. Well, she was in his comment section saying, oh, you guys don't know how hard it is. I thought, oh, has she finally stopped enabling his behavior? Because she's his biggest enabler. So I thought to myself, has she finally stopped enabling him? But then I was confused by her post yesterday because it doesn't seem like she has. So people are saying to him, oh, I love you and you're totally, but you're totally responsible for your choices. Uh -huh. Another person says, God blessed us with the freedom of choice. So many make the wrong choices and just don't learn their lessons and keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. And it's up to them to change their ways and straighten up and fly straight. People are really, they're not giving him the sympathy and the, the uh, pity uh, party that he's been used to in the past. 
And I've always been surprised at how people are like, oh, poor Quince. And I'm like, at what point do you say, Quince, you need to get your life together? It's on you now. People have tried. And every time you kind of get it together, people give you, you know, you're in rundown. You're doing this, you're doing that. And somehow you manage to land right where you are again and screw it all up. Your decisions, your life, your choices. You're ruining your own life. So his mother, um, in relation to the comment about the woman getting blocked, she jumps in and says, that was she good for, speaking about me now, poor her, um, demeaning and belittling the weak and vulnerable. First of all, this woman typing in all caps is weak and vulnerable. This is the first time hearing it, but if y'all say so, because I've made an inquiries about who this woman is and what her story is and about people even tell me in Cayman Brack about the husband who has disappeared. Morning caller, I'm on air. Okay, there. Uh, people even tell me about her husband who's disappeared. Nobody would even know where the man gone. I'm like, okay. I never heard that she's weak and vulnerable, but this is what Miss Ann Morgan is claiming, that I'm belittling the weak and vulnerable. Don't forget what she did to me and mine back in March. All false, and then she says the BS word, just to gain fame and publicity, block me, thanks, and welcome. First of all, Miss Ann Morgan, let me be very, 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 very clear. What I did to you and yours, your son, need I mind you, decided to call into this program. Okay? Talking pure foolishness on air about how I should be praising him and giving him accolades. And I was like, not today, Bobo. He also claimed on air that he was in rehab and he was getting help. And oh, he couldn't tell me which rehab facility. All of that was a bold-faced lie. Couldn't say it was walk around the brack, I guess living up in your house and calling from your landline, talking about he's in rehab. When she sent me this long 20-minute voice note about, oh, you know, this was a family matter. Him molesting this child was a family matter. And it's not my business. And I should stay out of it and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. I was like, woman, I'm going to give you respect, not because you necessarily deserve it, because you're his biggest enabler from what I can see, but that is your son. And if you want to be in denial about who he is and what he is, that's your business. But that doesn't mean that the rest of the community has to be in denial. And because we speak the truth, you think that that is, is belittling people? The truth will set you free. Y'all need to stop cuddling people like Quincy. Not only does he have a drug problem, but he's also a narcissist. And he has problems related to his sexuality that, that maybe if the man could just admit what he is. And if y'all stop judging the man in terms of that part of his life, he might find some real freedom. No, because y'all have indoctrinated this man with a whole bunch of foolishness in his head about, oh, the Catholic church and Jesus this and Jesus that and Christ and blah, blah, blah. You ever heard Quincy talk about religion? He's someone who has been unfortunately indoctrinated and hoodwinked the man needs freedom from everything freedom from drugs freedom from religion freedom to just be who you are but in the meantime here's my take on it folks i don't care what your problems are if you're a drug addict if you're uh, this that next thing you're gonna have to deal with that you're gonna have to sort your business out where i get involved and you're not gonna get no not a pass from me is when I hear folks that you are touching children. 
in any way, shape or form. And I know more about this story than what he was claiming happened. Oh, he was vindicating a court of law. No, you were not. The matter didn't go to no freaking court of law. It should have been because you're behind should be in jail. I know exactly what happened to that poor child. And, and to, to make it worse, the child is a special needs child who, who is traumatized to this day. So don't come to me looking for, looking no sympathy from me, folks, right? I want to make this very, very clear. I am the wrong person to come to look in sympathy when you touch people, children. You lucky the next time I see you don't box you upside your head. That's how I feel about it. And I don't even know the child personally. But that could have been my child. That could have been anybody's child. It is wrong. And I will speak on this issue till the day God takes away my voice or the day that I die. One of the two, go come first. And if that insults you, or oh, you're belittling me and mine, catch, go fly a kite, ask me if I care. Miss Anne, I do not care if you're insulted. Right? Y'all tried to cover this up, stop the cover up, Cayman Brackers. Y'all have some of the worst pedophiles in the world right there in the brack. And y'all are good at covering up foolishness. All y'all do in the brack is drink, get drunk and molest people's children. Sorry, brackers, but y'all know it's true. They have a high, they're like 25 years behind us with addressing these types of issues. So you think I care that you're posting on Facebook about, oh yeah, she's bullying people. I don't care, Miss Ann, you're entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to the facts of what happened to that child, huh? You're not entitled to discredit the poor child, the poor victim, and to hide her peen because you're not ready to deal with your son. Oh, Lord, you're going to make me go into overtime this morning, you know. But I got stuff to do. Honestly, you're not entitled to it. And I do not give a hoot. Oh, it was nasty and mostly false. Really? Mostly false? What part of abuse is mostly false? You need to get your ish together. Stop enabling your son. That is his biggest problem. I heard your voice note all oh, about people's past and this and that. Guess what? When you molest people, children, that is something that doesn't get erased from your past. I don't care what you did afterwards. I don't care how many times you claim you get baptized. How many churches you can go to? How many Hail Marys you can do? That cannot be erased because the science proves and demonstrates that once a child molester, always a friggin' child molester. You're just looking for a chance and an opportunity. And that's why people have to be woke and keep their children away from certain people. Do not trust them. You don't think it benefits this community to know who's molesting people, children? Although we don't have this, this um, registry yet, y'all better wake up and know who to keep your children away from, whether they're family or not. So you're insulted? Ask me if I give a damn. Because I don't. And furthermore, for the record, this is what I replied to her and said, like I said, I saw the comment yesterday. I said, honey, child, I'm not going to block you. I'm going to do you a favor because the next story that I write about Quincy, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a good story. And guess what? I want to make sure you can read it. Where's my kaboom button? Mm-hmm. 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 Radio folks, uh, online folks, stay tuned. I'm not done yet. Radio folks. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs.
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. Come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you. Let me introduce myself. I am the cold heart. Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold heart. Oh, look here now. Pardon me, I'm so vexed. I totally played the wrong. <laughs> I played the wrong thing. I was playing the intro and didn't even realize it was the intro. Anyway, we off the radio. Forget that. Miss Ann Morgan, I got a message for you, right? Talking about how, oh, I never played her voice note for people to hear. I never played your voice note because your voice note full of bullshit. That's why I never played it. I'm not going to enable you. Oh, no, but not perfect. And this and that. You came after my son. Woman, if you know what's good for you, and I hope you do, you would really try to help your son sort out his life. And if you're not able to do so, because he's an adult now, okay? If you're not able to do so, then fine. But don't be talking like it's my problem because I'm going to call him out. Oh, honey child. Y'all must be crazy. You, you, you honestly think that I give two cahoots? It seems to me that you and, and Quincy are drinking from the same delusional um, Kool-Aid. Some of that Jim Jones shit. Like, seriously. I'm not business with you. And I certainly not business with Quincy. The day he called me on the show, I'm like, dude, why are you calling me? Oh, I think you hate me and this not. I'm like... I've never spoken on this before. Why you gonna make me speak on it today? Cause you not got no sense. But you know what? God works in mysterious ways, honey child. Mm-hmm. You decided to try me that day. And it wasn't, it wasn't the day to do it. And to be honest, most days are not gonna be the way the days for you to do it once I know who you are like that. Okay. Uh, mostly false. What part of it is mostly false? You're saying he never touched a child at all? Right? A special needs child is going to fabricate this story. Y'all are crazy. The DNA that was found in her mouth fabricated too, I'm sure. Don't get me started, woman. Because I will tell all of Cayman the nitty-gritty details of what he did to that poor little child. How he had her mouth all messed up with his semen. Don't mess with people, children. You want to feel my wrath? You fuck with somebody, child, and let me know about it. Huh? I'm not, I'm not taking no prisoners with this kind of foolishness. We've had that for far too long in this country. That's why it keeps happening. Because you can molest people, children, then go grocery store and walk up and down like you frigging king of the, of the town. Not like that next child molest every time I see him up in the grocery store. I said, dude, step the fuck away from me. I don't know you. I don't even want you in my space. You should not be breathing the same air as me. No, the little one with the Afro, the Webster guy. Oh, he be looking at me and I tell him, don't look in my, di- hey, yo, I, I flash him one look. 
I don't speak to him, but I flash him one look, and he be hurrying up going the other way. Every time I see this man, he walk around grocery store with an empty basket, not even shopping. But he loved to go on a Saturday, the busiest day. He'd be at Kirk's, he'd be at Foster's, and I don't know if he goes to Hurley's, walking up and down, not shopping, just walking up and down, eyeing people. You think I care about hurting Quince's feelings when he has molested a child? You think, Miss Anne, I care about hurting your feelings? Listen to me, please, and listen to me good, right? Your little froppish message that you put up here about, oh, that's what she's good for, demeaning and belittling people. If I demean and belittle child molesters, where is my applause button? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. I wish I could demean and belittle all of them because maybe they would think twice about going after innocent children and touching innocent people. You think? This is a time for you to jump in the comment section. You better shut the hell up if you know what good for you, woman. Honestly. Meanwhile, it's like she's trying to talk out of both sides of her mouth. That's why she has me so damn confused. Because then she's putting up this other post. Let me read this other one that she put up the other day. Hold on now. Because she looks like she can't keep the narrative straight. I don't know what do her. So she was like, um, I told y'all Quincy, claiming now that he's homeless and jobless. Quincy, nobody's going to hire you because you don't have your shit together. What are they going to hire you to do? Snort cocaine? That's not a full-time job, sir. So I feel sorry for you, but nobody's not hiring you to do that. So here, here what she's saying now. Um, this was the, on his post. I don't understand why we are so shocked that he's homeless. He has no home or house of his own. His choices have ruined him. But trust me, this is not all. He is in too deep and those vicious claws ain't easing up. Now, I don't know what claws she's uh, speaking about necessarily. I don't know if it's the claws of, um, of drugs or what. So it's like she had a lucid moment where she's speaking sense because I understand she finally kicked him out of the house. That's why he's not going to home. But she says he has no house or home of his own. And clearly she no longer can let him stay with her on the brat because the drug use and abuse is just out of hand. So, um, yeah, this being the case, what are you saying? He has no house or home. His choices have ruined him. Yes, I agree that his choices have ruined him. But you don't get to pick and choose which of his choices you want to actually admit to that have ruined him. So now you're finally happy to admit that his choices in relation to drugs and alcohol abuse have ruined him? And the choice to abuse somebody's child hasn't ruined him? Oh, no, we don't want to admit to that. We don't want to talk about that. We can still go with the narrative that that's fake and that's false? Mm-hmm. You're going to accuse a special needs child of fabricating and making this up, that he put his little pee-pee in her mouth and made, made masturbated all over that child's mouth. It was all in her braces and all kind of stuff and made the child physically sick. That's the narrative you want to go with? Are you sure? Just because a family decided not to do anything about it because they felt the child would be further traumatized if she had to go to police and relive that and give a statement doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just because y'all decide to sweep it under the rug didn't mean that it didn't happen. And it does not mean that your son does not have a problem. 
And if I want to speak on that and you want to say that, oh, that's belittling someone, yay on me. Make me the queen of belittling people if that is the definition. Because as long as I have breath, Miss Anne, I want you to hear me. I'm going to stand up for these victims, stand up for them, whether they're special needs or not. And I do not care what people like you think. I'm not going to block you because I want you to keep commenting with your stupidity so people can see what kind of proper idiot you are and what you're actually condoning. Yes, you are condoning his behavior when you say bullshit like that. When you call me a liar, when you know it's the truth, you are condoning his behavior. So when he molests somebody else's child on the brack, whether he high on drugs or not, and that person decides to finally take a fucking machete and chop his pee-pee off and chop him into little pieces, and then you have to bury and put your son in a box as a mother, and CMR reports the story, then I got more here what you're going to say then. I, w- I would want you to go in the comment section then and comment on that story. So I'm not going to block you. Because the reality of the situation is, Miss Anne, unless your son drastically changes his ways, the next story we're going to write about him is not going to be a good story. It's going to be an overdose. It's going to be a death. And yes, we're going to write it and we're going to cover it. And you can take that any way that you want, ma'am. I just don't care. Right? You're upset with me for speaking the truth and for speaking up for victims? And oh, your, your son, you don't understand what he's been through in his life? Oh, yes. Pity. Oh, oh. Let me take off my glasses. P- p- pity, pity, pity. Let me all cry. A lot of us have had a tough life worse than Quincy. Who has had so many friggin' chances at a job? Radio K-Man kept hiring this man over and over and over again. And I see nobody with with better luck than him. God-given talent that he has wasted. If he's had a rough life, if he has been abused, the thing that you do is you get help. You do not go out there and take it out on other people. You don't molest people's children. Hmm? You don't molest special needs, members of the special need community or, or otherwise. You're, not, you, you, you're knocking at the wrong door for something called sympathy because you're not going to get it from me. Not today, not yesterday, not ever. It's as simple as that. And so I want to make it very, very clear. Those of you who have not gotten the message as yet. When your family members do their ish. Huh? Out in these streets. And they're killing people, hurting people, molesting people, whatever. And we report on it. And you get upset. And you get all up in your feelings about it. And then you're trying to blame me? Talking about, oh, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm good for, belittling people. Read my grouper lips. That's what they want to call them. Look at them good. Listen to me good. I do not care what you think. If that hurts your feelings, if the truth hurts your feelings, too bad for you, honey child. You either have to get over it or do something about it. 
And what I suggest you do about it is get your son some professional help. That is what you need to do. He has issues, very, very big issues. And the drugs is just only a part of it. You know what I actually think? After speaking to this man, even on the radio, this is one of those classic cases of somebody who is a homosexual, but can't be a homosexual because mommy won't put you up in Catholic church 24-7 and have them beat that into your head about the, the son, the father, the Holy Ghost, and the this and the that and the blah, blah, blah. You can't be who you are. He's admitted, oh, yeah, I've been with men and women, but I, 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 I really like women. You can like women all you want. The fact that you've been with a man either makes you bisexual or, or <coughs> sorry, or it makes you in denial completely and you're actually gay and you just can't come to terms with it because all these other people, have, oh, but you can't be gay, you know? Let me be very clear. Be gay. I don't think you have a choice. You can, you can try and hide it all you want. Be gay. What you cannot be without me speaking on it, you can be gay all you want. That's, that's complete freedom. You don't, like I said, I don't think you have a choice in being gay. Okay? What you can't be is a pedophile. What you can't be is a child molester. What you can't be is a rapist. And if you are any of those things, then you know I am going to speak on it. But you see, y'all want to suppress people, suppress who they are. And not recognize that sometimes in that suppressing of these people, you end up bringing out something even worse. Leave the man alone if he won't be with men. Once they're consenting adults, I don't care. That's not for me to speak on. But you leave people, children alone. One of these days, somebody have really deal with you, child molesters, you know? Speaking of child molesters, the one that the education department had gone and hired, apparently he's working at our girl's home. The girl's home. No wonder they freaking running away. Really? And somebody was saying to me yesterday, oh, there's all kind of rumors about him always being like, like, um, like a creep and all kind of stuff around these girls. Um, he's allowed to pick the girls up from school. What? Say what? Why do we have men working in the girl's home? Now, I get it is technically a, a children's home. And I think there might be some younger boys there. But by and large, these are teenage girls who, you know, have all kinds of problems. Some of them are coming from abusive situations already. Why are we putting them around these men? Anybody wants to answer that question for me? Really? That's who you are put to watch the hen house? Mm, the fox? That kind of don't make no sense. And then you allow him to go pick up these teenage girls to bring them from school and back and forth. That, that, that whole case foundation needs a complete clean out. They need a clean out, like what you need to get when you're going to do your colonoscopy. Where they give you something that can make you run for days. Because there's so much shit up in that place that's going on. We already had a young lady get pregnant up in there. Lost the child. That probably was a blessing in disguise. They're up in there having sex, fornicating, trying to commit suicide. All kind of foolishness. And this government, 
the PAC government, the previous government, PPM, they've all remained silent about the dysfunctionality of what's happening at the girls' home. There's been another case just the other day again with the girls' home. Another guy working there, allegedly having relations with one of those girls. And you never hear nothing about it. If CMR don't expose that girl's home, the boy's home, you never hear nothing about it. It's a big cover-up. That board needs to be disbanded. The government needs to take some real interest in figuring out what is happening at that facility, at all the facilities that fall under the Case Foundation. These are already children headed for trouble because of a, a rough start in life. And we are compounding it and making it worse for them by putting them there with predators and all kind of foolishness that's happening at that facility. Good morning, caller. Sandra, you know, I have one, I have one question I want to know if you could investigate on that. I don't know any facts on it. I heard it over the radio mm -hmm. one day. But the boy in the girl's home mm -hmm. that is staying there, is he gay? Is he um transgender or something i still do think it's wrong regardless if he could handle the boys home or not they do have other solutions like the the the, the foster care um mm -hmm. i just want to know you want to find that out if it if it is true that there's a boy in the girl's home because they cannot facilitate him inside of the boy's home like i say i don't know if he's gay or what but there should be an exception for that it so he he's at the, the um francis Baden children's home uh, apparently Okay. I don't know if he's still but, there. But I mean, I heard this sometime this year. I mean, like a few months ago, I heard this. I don't know how true it is, mm. but in some exceptions that they do have to um, house boys in the girls' home because of I don't know what reason if they're soft or 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 how we call them gay or what it is. But mm -hmm. I don't think that uh, I don't think that a male should be in any girls' facility that mm -hmm. is um not. That is that is like what I was talking about yesterday, infiltrating the privacy. That is actually, um, you know, taking away the privacy of these girls. Well, I mean, I, th so. this isn't a privacy issue. You just should not mix. I mean, if you're going to have a girl's home, it, it should just be girls. Sandra, it's not a privacy issue. It's a safety issue. School, if you have an all-girls school that you go to and you see a male in the class, don't you have questions? Quit, um. Uh, Alejandro, it's not a question of privacy, that's right. what I'm saying. It's all a right. question in of a, safety. In a, in a, in a, in a important. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What the fuck is wrong with, with Alejandro? Some days the man can talk sense, and other days I do not know what the fuck this man talking about. Alejandro, what the hell are you talking about? I'm saying to you, it's not... Privacy isn't the concern. It's safety. It's safety protocols, right? As Anne said, exactly. Why do we have men working with girls, picking them up from school and appointments alone? Big red flag. And she's been saying this. That is a safety concern. We've shown you footage of men working at that facility, right? There was a young lady because of who she was getting special privileges, her and her boyfriend being taken out, you know, special excursions by a male member of staff, uh, giving her a laptop, giving her discount. That should never be the case. It has nothing to do with privacy. It's not a privacy concern. It is a safety concern.
And understand what I'm saying? It is about the safety and well-being of these young ladies. This doesn't tie into your conversation yesterday about driving on a public road and getting privacy. The two don't link together, and I don't know how your brain is trying to make the connection this morning. So don't come in here trying to get salty with me with your foolishness. Not in after our section, because I might tolerate you up until 1030 when we're on air. But after that, I'm not going to tolerate you or nobody for that matter. Let me be very, very clear. What you just said is ridiculous, Alejandro. It don't make no, 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 say, no sense. Privacy is not the problem. And I'm not going to entertain you and your foolishness today. Understood? Everybody crystal clear? RD says that you need to ease up on smoking the weed because it got you tripping. I, I, don't, under, I don't understand, but I'm not, I can just leave you alone. Because I don't know if it's the weed or what else you're going on with today, but we're going to just leave you alone. Because the important topic is, again, there are safeguarding principles when it comes to child safety. Nothing to do with privacy, child safety. And one of the safeguarding principles is you never have an adult, in fact, whether male or female, pick up a child alone like that. You have two, two adults. And you definitely would never have two males. So it either has to be a male and a female or two females. Hmm? There are certain protocols that have to be followed when it comes to children. I have concerns about the protocols that exist around the children's home. I don't know anything about a boy being in that home because they have a separate boy's home. Now, it is not, and I corrected myself earlier, and I want to make it very, very clear, it's no longer the Francis Bodden girl's home. It's actually a children's home. So my understanding is younger boys up until a particular age, so, you know, probably maybe eight or nine years old or whatever, they can go to that facility. So I don't know about the situation you're talking about. But I do know for a fact that we have a lot of things happening there that should not be happening there. And like I said, there's just another case again. The other day, I'm trying to get his name. With um, a guy working at the facility. Try and see. Um, mm -hmm. Mr. Winton, right? Having some kind of relations or being out with, with girls when he should not be there at the home. People like that should not be employed at the home. And if you're if you are employed there and you're caught doing this sort of thing, you should be fired. It's as simple as that. We need to stop with the slackness. Okay. Johan asked the question, WTF, how Auntie Sandy knows what's happening in the system, um, knows what's happening, but the system doesn't know or ignores it. The things, folks, that have been happening at the girls' and boys' home have been happening for a really long time. 
and it has been ignored by every single government. That's how that little kid, uh, Rascal Batten, drowned. And nobody, nobody, nobody took accountability for the loss of that young life. His family members now without him for years. You know who they brought up on charges? The two poor little Jamaican workers who were the least culpable in all of this. They never brought up the management. They never brought up the chief officers on charges. None of those people were able to be held accountable. In fact, the vast majority of them have now moved on from government, left government, went to other jobs, can live their lives perfectly happy. They were allowed, listen to how crazy the system is. They were allowed and government provided because she was white and an expat, provided the, the chief officer or the manager of the facility with a lawyer on our fucking dime. And the two little black Jamaicans are the ones who can get hauled into court and they don't get the benefit of a lawyer or legal advice. Y'all don't think I see what's going on? But the white foreign expat woman Government hires her lawyer to go and be interviewed by the police and the DPP before they get the file. They don't file no charges against her. Y'all not telling me that the system isn't broken. I don't know what's going on. Why I noticed the camera glitching. I'm telling y'all the system is broken. I'm well aware of how it's broken. She could sit there and have the benefit of legal advice. Well, this is how you're going to answer these questions going into this interview. Really? Yet you knew right? The African-American guy that they had hired there, he threw them all under the bus during his trial, during the trial. He was on trial, but he should have been too. He's now deceased. Um, what his name was again? He threw them all under the bus, right? They're asking him, well, why didn't you have a policy in place to ensure that your staff knew how to swim? He said, why are you asking me? This is exactly what he said. I sat there in court and listened to the man with his fastness. But he still said I'm straight. Because you know what he said? Sidney Williams, he died in 2021, what a mess. He said to them, why are you asking me? Ask the chief officer. I came there and found no policy in place. And they said, well, didn't you think you should put a policy there? That's why you were hired as a manager? He said, nope. And guess what? There was no policy in place. And... My chief officer never said anything. The board never said anything. They never said I wasn't doing a great job. He had a point. Who is watching the hen house? Incompetence again in the civil service has cost little Rascal Batten his life. Y'all understand me? No one has been held accountable to this day for it. And then the family say, okay, government, y'all going to pay up and pay for the loss of life. Oh, they're going to lawyer up, hire a QC and fight this family instead of going to the table with them and settling. You know why? Because little Roscoe, Roscoe uh, didn't mean anything to them. He's a little black boy from Georgetown. Oh, yeah, he's already heading the wrong path. Look at him. He was in the boy's home. He, was, he wasn't going to turn out to be nothing. He's black. We don't care. This is how the system sometimes works. Nobody cared about little Roscoe. He's dead and he's gone. His family is without him. Y'all don't know the potential that little boy had and what he could have been. None of us will ever know. 
This is the hot mess of a situation that we're talking about. That's why I, I can't turn a blind eye to certain things. It's morally wrong to not value his life just because he a little kid from Georgetown and, you know, all oh, his family don't matter. They're not nobody. The government should have sat down with his family, especially after those men were acquitted, issue a proper apology, take some accountability and say, you know what, we're going to compensate you. Nothing's going to bring him back. That's for sure. But at the very minimum, we could compensate you because guess what? If it was a little white child that had died on their dime that belonged to the right families in Cayman, there'd be no question about compensation. Hmm? They would have been more than happy to compensate him. No, you were born into the wrong family. I think my camera's frozen. I don't know if you guys can still hear me or not. Hold on one second. Right? This is a reality of, of what people are having to live with. Your value as a person is already determined by the system based on who your mama is, who you for, and what the color of your skin is, and what families you're born into, and what name you carry. Little Roscoe will never get justice. What a, what a, what a Tibbetts woman name is? She was able to walk away scot-free, right? Nobody at the board was called into disrepute. Nothing happened as a result of that situation. We don't even know if they've changed or updated the policy. We can only hope that it's been done, but who knows? Completely wrong, and I'm going to show this little boy's face here today because the system and the people who sit back and allow the civil service to fail on a regular basis, as, as in this prime example, every night they go to sleep, this little boy his face should be the last thing that they see because this is a stark reminder of what happens when the system fails. How old was this little kid? 12 years old, 14 years old? Lost his life in November of 2015. Hmm? Jennifer Leach Tippets, not Tibbets, Tippets. I believe she's American. I don't even know where the hell they find them from. Could sit there. Well, no, I didn't do this. And I didn't do that. And then Why didn't you do those things? Why was she not held accountable for her lack of action year after year after year as a manager of the facility? Where was the chief officers in all of this? Nowhere to be seen. Basic policy that is meant to protect children. Forget about privacy. We're talking about life and death. Not being carried out. No policy exists. You don't even know if the people that you're taking kids out fishing with can even swim when they get in trouble. Sending the poor man out there knowing that he's got a back injury and all kind of foolishness. It's ridiculous. 
anyway, I said I wasn't going into overtime today because I, I really got um get some work done. Inspiring. This is the after show. So we get a little bit salty. If you don't like the language, simply turn it off. That's all I can tell you. Um, Siobhan, I missed your comments. Yonir, good morning. Buenos dias. I can't see Siobhan's comment, but anyway. Um, Garrett says she can say what she wants while off radio. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Yes, that's always a choice. And I don't feel no way about it. Trust me. It's fine. Um, somebody tag Jesus in this conversation. He needs it. Y'all need to do more than tag Jesus. You need to be tagging your MPs and asking them all the stuff that has gone down with the Case Foundation. That remains one of the boards that has never been changed. Even since this government has gotten in, they've read all the stories. They see all the dysfunctionality there and they have not touched that board. Ask yourself why. Why are we continuing to put these already disadvantaged children in harm's way? Every single time when those young people run away, nobody asking why? Um, Anna says there's a facility where they have two or three girls isolated. It's called Phoenix House at Bonaventure in West Bay. Male staff are left with these girls there alone. Really? And why are they in isolation? Is that being used as the equivalent of a, as a juvenile prison? Is that what I'm hearing? And if that is the case, Why? Leaving children in isolation. Listen, putting adults in isolation for 23 hours a day is damaging to them, much less children. Why is that being done? It don't make no sense. Don't worry, Melita. There's only certain, we, we leave it for the overtime sessions. Siobhan says not just fired, jailed as well, because if they shouldn't be there and is found doing something like that, they shouldn't be jailed. No child should be touched in any way. Children are supposed to be protected, not abused or mishandled or sexual abuse. Johan says, talk the things. Cameron says, these are the reasons why we say that came out is not a real place. RD says, that's how the civil service works. You think that's the only case of certain people getting the full support of those at the top. It, it most certainly is not. I know for a fact it isn't. Darlene says, Sandy, if it was that I, if it, sorry, if it was that I know, you know what you're talking about. I think you missed it. If, if, I, if it was, I know you didn't know what you're talking about. The truth. I would be saying that you're lying. What the hell? I know <laughs> because it is so un believable that these things are allowed to happen on a regular and continuous basis. Even when there's a loss of life of a young child, a 14 year old, there is zero accountability, everything hush hush. I hope that the government finally did the right thing and, you know, settled with this young man's family. I don't know if they did or not, to be honest, but after that, 
that ridiculous trial, criminal trial that they had, where I say the wrong people were in trial. I really hope that they came to their senses, but you can't count on the government doing that because like I said, he didn't come from the right side of the tracks. He wasn't the right color and he didn't have a particular name. So of course, you don't get the same treatment. A juvenile detention area, wow. We got a lot of questions and you see that my, my concern is that these young people are at a disadvantage and nobody's advocating on their behalf. No, I'm not saying that some of them don't need a strong and firm hands and they already think they're growing and they're doing this and they're doing that. Some of them deserve it. They deserve a firm hand, but they also deserve and entitled to be treated like human beings. They deserve to be in a safe environment, free from predators, because some of them are in the home, not because they're bad children or that they've done anything wrong, but because they have already been subjected to predators in their homes. And unfortunately, here in Cayman, we don't have any means of, of you know recourse for those poor children. Morning, caller. Yes. I'll call you back. All right, dear. All righty. So there's no place for those poor children to go. And that's a problem. And I've always said the mixing of behavioral children with behavioral issues and children who are in abused situation, mixing those into the Francis Bodden home or the Bonaventure home, whatever, is completely wrong. That's not what you do. There are children in that home who have survived it and come out on the other side. And you got to hear their stories of suicide and abuse and all sorts of stuff that's happening right in the homes and how so many of them were distraught. They wanted to take their own life, not because of what happened to them before getting there, but because of what happened to them during their stay, their stay at the home. Jonathan says skin color does not now, nor has it ever been a factor in the quality of character and or the woefully bereft lack thereof of any individual on the face of this planet and all of the history of the world um, today or tomorrow. Anna says, uh, those are the ones that are always running away when they're at Phoenix House. Huh. Wow. Mm -mm. Sion said, did I ask overtime coming? I had no intentions of going into overtime today, but are we going to do a little bit? And then I have to get to work. Um, Natasha says, Irvlin, uh, my mom boils the leaves for tea every night. Lord, the smell alone is bitter. What? I don't know what tea that is, but okay. So what you're saying is racism isn't real. Are you referring to somebody else? Is that what I've, that's been a wild person show. Um, I don't think you're talking to me, Siobhan. So I probably shouldn't answer that question for anybody else. Cameron says, I just want to uh, thank you, Sandy, for what you do. Although I joke a lot, um, I have to try hard to block out the foolishness. It's a, it's a sad indictment on us, really, as a country, that we're taking vulnerable chil children and exposing them to even more vulnerable um, situations. Those are the things that Ann, the Ann Morgans of the world should be speaking on. Those are the things that is belittling and demeaning in this country. All right, here's another exclusive for you guys since you're listening. 
Um, Natasha, I think it was you asking what was happening down in Oak Mill Street, Windsor Park. I'm hearing that they found a 45-year-old man dead. Soon, more information to soon come. Um, <clears throat> this person says, yes, Sandy, they fired one guy last year because he went to a party and had alcohol in his system the next day and there was alcohol in his system. They immediately fired him. Some of these kids have nothing and they're taken advantage of. Uh, yes, cussing, nasty, ras, auntie. These pedophiles are disgraceful and need uh, be hung by their balls in town. What a mess. Mm -mm. This person says, Alejandro, I try to give you a pass because you're young and uneducated, but please do not comment on matters you know nothing about. You cannot choose your sexuality. When did you choose to be straight or choose to be black and male? The only choice you made is to be a pothead. Grow up. Woo. Hot tamales. This other person says, girl, I personally know one of the persons that um, have worked with him um, and told me point blank that Quincy doesn't want help. You know how much how many people have tried with him? Can you imagine how much taxpayers' money they've spent to try and help him? Disgusting. Well, it's disgusting because he does not want the help. And he just wants to get on social media and look for attention because I find that a lot of the people who unfortunately are on drugs also happen to be narcissists and have other issues. And, you know, they're attention-seeking whores. It is what it is. Yes. They're always seeking attention. Yes, Miss Stacy. Zeus coming into the studio, honey child. Zeus is like, listen, mama, you got to end this show. Poor little Zeus. He had a little procedure yesterday. He had his little snip snip. So he's walking around with the cone on his head. Oh, poor little thing. He soon feel better. You okay, Papa? Oh, he just wants to come lay down by my foot, honey, chill. So um, it is what it is. Doreen said, first time on your show, don't sugarcoat any any mess. Oh, child, we don't. Believe me, we don't. It's too much going on for such a small little island. Honest to God. And the things sometimes that we're focusing on and we're hyper-focusing on are a complete waste of time. Let me talk a little bit about um, the accident. Yesterday, and then we're going to wrap up. It seems like the young man who was the driver that they now have arrested. And you know the police are stupid, right? The police don't have no sense. If you were listening to the program when I was on at 106 earlier, they said, well, what has he been arrested for? I said, actually, the police never said in their press statement. And so we asked them, what's he been arrested for? They say, we're unable to disclose this information at this time as inquiries are still underway. RCIPS. Really? If you arrest someone on suspicion of something, that is a matter of public record. What do you mean you can't disclose it at this time? Are you all dumb? If you say he's arrested on suspicion of DUI, it doesn't mean that he's been charged with a DUI. We all get it. But you should be able to say what he's been arrested on suspicion of. What do you mean you can't say? That is stupid. 
RCIPS, y'all need to get your shit together. Because half the time what you do and what you say makes zero sense. It's stupid. You arrest somebody on suspicion of something. Don't tell us he arrested then. What's the sense of that? Y'all have less brain than a cockroach, yeah? How does that make any sense? Ahsoka says, oh my God, beyond stupid. It really is. And when they send me something like that, you know I'm going to reply with, oh, that's really stupid. And then they get vexed at me talking about, oh, well, we'll come and look at your phones to see why you call somebody stupid. Really? Stupid is as stupid does. We don't like to call people stupid, but there are times that there is simply no other response. How can you arrest someone and then not be willing to say what they're arrested on suspicion of? Only in the Cayman Islands do I see this level of stupidity. And I don't know who's monitoring the RCAPS desk. Um, I know the manager, uh, you know, PR manager, not even the Cayman Islands. I hope it's not her. Because this is who we're, we're as, as the caller said earlier, this is who we're importing in. It's, if it's one of her own being that stupid, that'd be bad enough. But don't tell me now we're going to go import somebody and pay top dollar and they're going to be this stupid. Now here, here we're going to respond to them right now. Well, that's stupid <laughs> to not be able to say what you arrested someone on suspicion of. And then I'm going to copy the commissioner because he needs to know how stupid his people are and why sometimes I'm not going to time for them. Take it. If you can be that stupid, then please take being called stupid. But what we've heard, I'm sure some of you saw the video that was in circulation. We chose not to publicly share the video. But what we've heard is his so-called friend that he was in the car with was trying to stage a situation, I guess like he was driving and trying to get the hell out of Dodge and the people who showed up on the scene who were recording it said, no, Bobo, you're not going nowhere. Stay with your friend. He's either dead or he's dying, but why are you trying to run away? Now they turn around and tell the family members, apparently his mother and, and father's dead, poor guy. Got three children in Jamaica, another one on the way. They got to turn around and tell his family members that he was the one driving. I said, boy, y'all low down and dirty. Mm, mm, mm. Dead man not telling no tales, but when they do the, the crime uh, reconstruction of the crime scene, um, of the scene of the accident, they got to know that man wasn't driving. His foot was hanging over from the back seat. How the freak he was driving. But you see, they went through the fence. And it wasn't just a fence that they went to, went through to, as, um, as what's his name was saying today, on the other side of the fence was actually a container. So they actually landed in the container. Wow. Lord Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Speeding. You can see the brake marks on the street. You took somebody's life. Now you've ruined their life. The poor man's family, his children, and your own life. Was it worth it? And then you're trying to blame it on the dead man? You don't need Jesus. Anyway, folks, like I said, I got um, a lot on my plate today. Mama got to get to work. Yes, I just announced that. 
They found a man dead in Winter Park. Uh, we'll keep y'all updated. Anyway, we're, you know, I continue to keep an eye on the situation um, that falls under Case Foundation. Like I said, I'm shocked that nobody seems to really care that's in a position politically, a high rank in civil service. I don't hear nobody saying, wow, we need a revamping of the system. And to me, that is extremely concerning. Y'all need to speak out. Parents, if you have children in that home, you need to speak out about what you know. Do not remain silent. Even if your child is there and your child has issues and they're a little bit of a badass or whatever, you know, don't let the system turn around and literally rape your child on top of everything else they're going through. Let's try to give these kids a fighting chance. They're ready down a couple notches. Don't kick them down even further by allowing the system to not get them the help and the systems that they need. Folks, it's Friday. As with every Friday, I'm going to beg y'all to please slow down. Take your time. Speed kills. Alcohol and drinking kills. Take your time in the roadways. There's nowhere in this island that you need to get to in that much of a hurry. We'll be back on uh, Monday to continue the discussions in this community that matter to the people of this country. If you get upset sometimes by what I say or how I say it or whatever the situation is, get over it. That would be the best advice I could give you. In most instances, I frankly don't give a damn, right? I'm not perfect. Sometimes I get it wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will be the first to apologize and say, you know what? That was a fucked up move. I'm wrong. Let me apologize. But when you try to come at me about your children that are molesting people, that are raping people, you will get zero, zero, zero zilch apologies from me. I'm not the one. Okay? You don't make me feel bad because you say, oh, I'm belittling a child pedophile. That actually makes me feel good because I want them to feel belittled. They should feel just like how that child felt when they were being molested. So we're not business with that. Cameron says, keep the fire burning till Monday, child. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. It was a pleasure. Aliano says, I know who is who it is, and it's an oak mill. May he rest in peace. Message me, Aliano. I'm here to source. Garrett said, um, especially with the weather, we're expecting this weekend. Drive carefully. Maureen in store. Um, condolences to that man's family. Yes, only 45 years old. My gosh, I wonder what happened. Um... This person says, shaking my head, requincy, keys, and the accident status. What a hot mess. Listen, we bring it to you. You might not always like it, like I said, but it is what it is, raw and straight to the point in most instances. All right, my people, um, please put the camera in your car. <laughs> I got you, honey child. I'm coming to town because I do have a few errands to run. Uh, please be safe, folks. Love you like cooked food sometimes. Y'all have a good one. Maureen, I know, is in the forecast for the weekend. All right. Y'all be good. See you Monday morning, God's willing.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMorrowRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings.